either of you two remember that like uh, what was like the, the the ad campaign that was like real men of genius or some shit yes like the, the sarcastic true american hero bullshit yeah well today from... we salute you mr was it uh oh i can't think oh of yeah what that's that? right white yeah. t-shirt grill manning man that's oh right. yeah i remember this yeah real man of genius yes that yeah we may get another round of that. Because uh, Bud uh, Budweiser, official beer of esports. What? <laughs> really? The official beer? Wait. I mean, I can understand for maybe like Street Fighter and I also guys, am but I, Smash Brothers. I, 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 I also am surprised that it's not like this fucking Bang energy drink mixed with vodka is the official alcohol of esports, but apparently yeah. they need a beer. <laughs> and what a beer that they've chosen. Right. That really? Budweiser? I mean, yeah, Budweiser. No, 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 has no, no, no. Really... it's not really, it's of course it is. Like, <laughs> like it's a sport. That's who sponsors sports. But now I true. kind of want like Esports fan of legend presented by Budweiser. I guess that I guess now officially esports is legit. Yeah, officially, officially legit. The question was, what would legitimize esports? Here we are. Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, it's, it's not like some tiny weird brand, you know, took a chance on this. This is Budweiser. This is a massive company. Finally, Massive. we can have the Counter-Strike Bud Light Lime Finals. We're invitational. Oh. The cat, the, 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 oh. Bud today Light. We, Bud Light we, Lime, the perfect way to ruin a perfectly good lime flavor. The Dota 2 Chilada Invitational. Uh, today we salute you, Mr. Camper in Counter-Strike. Mr. Camper in Counter-Strike! Your team moves forward to the objective, but you, you stay put. Stay in hiding. Stay in hiding. When your team's getting killed, don't worry. You stay right where you are. Sure, your KDA is impressive. God, you didn't die once. <laughs> <laughs> Move like a ghost. Um, I can't wait to see all of those. Please let this uh, happen. Okay, so we've got one for Counter Strike. Let's do mm -hmm. one for the FGC. Let's do one for the FGC. Really oh, God. Ooh. Today we salute you, Mr. Deodorant wearing competitor. Mr. Deodorant wearing competitor. You understand, you stink. <laughs> Both it's literally hot. and figuratively. <laughs> Why did you pick Ryu? <laughs> Don't you know the matchup? Welcome to the newly branded NES and WoW podcast. You are joined here today, episode one, uh, with myself, Alex, aka Mave Online, and uh, Nomad Har or Kraken Zero, aka Henry. Wait, hello. Hold on, somebody else in the from shadow from realm of shadows. I return to put a beating on you two, oh, who shit. talked about <laughs> fucking dentist appointments. For ten goddamn minutes last week, who think <laughs> you want to talk more about WoW and have relevant and important things to say about consoles? 
that are no longer important and can be replaced <laughs> by oh. emulators. Oh, shit. I, oh. I trapped in a realm of shadow, sat there with throat of fire full of angry, stinging ants and gathered my strength to return this week to seek vengeance upon what you two did to this glorious podcast. Uh, so, so I take it the NES well podcast, uh, well, we did it 2019 to 2019, one yep. episode? Yep. Yeah, basically. Welcome, <laughs> Charlie. <laughs> yeah, okay, so I'm just going to I was real sick last now. week. Oh, yeah. Dude, so, yeah, I know. It was a surprise. You never miss a podcast. I, so I was going to go and help Henry buy a new graphics card on, like, the Friday before our podcast recording. I left work and was like, my throat literally feels like it's on fire and full of red a- carpenter ants stinging it and eating it constantly. I'm going to go home and die ants. for the next two days. Oh. Yeah, yeah. like, I... <laughs> like, physically breathing hurt for about 24 hours. Oh. It was not Ooh. great. And Jen has also been sick with something similar. So we just kind of, like, sat in couch and bedroom just like uh, and our dog's like why is no one paying me attention we're like no we don't want your affection right now both of us are concentrating on breathing <laughs> Aww. that sucks but, I, I know I, what it's like to be that fucking sick yeah. I think we all do <laughs> mm-hmm. at least at least the podcast didn't burn to the ground while we were gone for one episode mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> there were five minutes spent on root canals last week i think just saying <laughs> well when the cats are away the mice will play yep yeah and they get drunk again the opium supply and go we're making art and they're just kind of rolling around in their own shit <laughs> yep yeah i yeah yeah, yeah. i gotta argue with you on that <laughs> The amount of dead air I had to cut out last week. It wasn't just, that bad. There was a sure. minute where you two just stopped talking. <laughs> I almost left it in. Cause it, it, it was bad, but like it's the, the amount of post-production that goes in these episodes is pretty high, but there was one where both of you like just ended on the same point and then there was nothing and I'm looking at it in kind of my automated stuff set up I put editing through and I'm like what the fuck happened here I have to go look at that <laughs> we we both simultaneously fainted yeah okay, you you both like actively read it of things to say at the exact <laughs> same time I'm like this is great this is fucking amazing uh, yeah, batteries ran low so just had to discharge for a second and come back on yeah. Quick reboot, mentally. Yeah, it had a vibe to that, yeah. <laughs> well, on the plus side, we made it through just fine. Yes. Uh, Although, it, I was waiting. <laughs> Go ahead. So, okay, what you're saying. I was actually going to get this ball rolling again. So. Oh, I said I was going to say that uh, I was hoping that uh, any of my little taglines would you'd come back with a fury, and sure enough, it worked. Yep. Uh, oh no! I, I I love the fact that you were like, "Oh, did you listen to the podcast?" I'm like, "Check the show notes," and you're like, "Yeah!" <laughs> I was so excited. Checking the show notes. <laughs> oh god, that was the best. I'm glad you're back. 
Please don't fire me. No, we'll, we'll fire you out of a cannon, and then we'll expect you to show up for work the next day. <laughs> Just because all your bones are broken by the company cannon is no reason to miss the podcast, Alex. I get you're going to spend the rest of your life breathing and drinking and eating through a tube, but I don't care. <laughs> we have content you know to put That's out. That's fair. That's fair. I, I respect that. That's fair. <laughs> Non-existent contract you signed. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I, I I listened in last week, but what else? What have you two been up to since last week? I gotta ask. Um, so I uh, I think I mentioned I was playing Bloodstained, and so got a little more into that. I'm having fun playing that, but it's mainly because I like the Metroidvania. Following that game, having not been a huge Castlevania fan, and like not really getting what Bloodstained is, sounds insane. Like there's farming in that game, apparently. Well, that's what Symphony of the Night was like. You you could technically farm experience. No, I mean like also... there's actual farming. Like you, there's a patch. You grow ingredients to then bake into things for permanent boosts and also like mana regen. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a kitchen where you can bake stuff. There's apparently a there. farm, like a, a garden patch by the entrance to the castle too. Oh, I haven't gotten that yet. Yeah, that, that, that's been the experience I've gotten with this game so far. Is like. Five people talking about the game and people like being like, "Oh yeah, you can do X." When they're like, "No, you can't." I beat the game. Like, yes, you can. You go to this spot. It's like, really? It's been huh. trippy to yeah. follow. Yeah, they've they've put a lot of extra stuff and secrets into it. I mean, that's the thing. Like, of the Kickstarter projects, this has been honestly by far the most impressive as far as the final product that they came out with. Like, they really went really far to make it as special as possible like the lengths i mean there again you know i've mentioned this and i've talked about it you know many times it's just i knew that it was going to be a at least at least a complete project but honestly i'm impressed by just how far they went with it and how much they put into it it's it's really amazing but mm. yeah and I, I haven't even played it yet i don't own it i've just kind of and i'm still on the fence about buying it, but I am impressed with the both the breadth and depth of what they've done with the project. Yeah, it seems that people that like Castle, like that like Metroidvanias, have a lot of good things to say about that game, especially yeah. in an era where we have we have lots of Metroidvanias that are oh, as wow. good, if not better, than what they're referencing occasionally. Like fuck, yeah. Uh, what the, what's that game that came out last year? Not Hyperlight Drifter. Um, we talked about it a bunch. It was real successful. Dead cells? Dead cells? Dead Cells. Like, th that game, yeah. like, the fact that people seem pretty stoked about this game the year after Dead Cells is impressive. Like, you'd figure people would be like, ah, Metroidvanias, whatever. But no, apparently it's, yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's a certain, like, it's, there's certain games that come out that don't kind of really lose their shine. Like, it's not, it's not a fad, like, Battle Royales, if you will. Like, mm. I feel like Metroidvanias always come in their own kind of flavor, and they it's just accepted as a genre as opposed to like, like what battle royales kind of become, which is more of a kind of feature that's a cliche at this point. Yeah, um, yeah. I, th I think Metroidvanias just kind of age well. Are you implying yeah, my beloved I battle chess is a flash in the pan? <sighs> yeah, but uh, I mean, it's interesting because yeah, it's I mean, the thing is, the mechanics, the way it works, just makes sense as far as like any sort of you know, psychology of game design goes. I mean, the sort of risk-reward and the sort of having to work, like actually having 
you, you feel an accomplishment when you get that item that allows you to go into that other part of the game that you couldn't go to otherwise, you know, like whether it be some sort of a double jump or some sort of a special weapon or other item. Oh, yeah, it, and it's the basics it's of rewarding. Metroidvania at that point, the backtracking kind of built into the game. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so it's it makes a lot of sense, and yeah, it's a it's a tried and true formula that's simply going to continue to be valid yeah. simply because it's it's just yeah I mean it's just like I said in terms of game design it makes a lot of sense and it's very coherent. Yeah, yeah. I, as someone who does not like side-scrolling games, I have been tempted to check this thing out, and that's saying something, as Alex knows at that point. Yeah, no, that's a lot. But I would, I mean, even if you're not a big fan of side scrollers, no, that, that, that's exactly what I'm getting at. I'm like, it seems cool. Like, it's I, I like Symphony of the Night, but also not enough to play it more than once in my entire life. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I can get that. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely recommend it. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so other than kind of dabbling in a little bit of uh, bloodstained and all that, mm. I am full swing in the new WoW patch right now. All so. right. Yeah, because uh, we did have 8.2 come out, and it does look pretty good so Tell far. Tell me of the sunken city, Alex. Okay, <laughs> so uh, the, the, how we got to the sunken city is kind of a fucking far-fetched idea, but there was a dagger that had uh, remnants of an old god, it seemed well, like. I, I want to play a game quickly. Give me uh-huh. all the parts that add up to the thing. Like, like it's, it's the, like, is there a ritual? Uh, kind of? So there's a dagger, there's a ritual. Did the dagger have to be plunged into something, thus severing its ties to this world and releasing a curse and or protection spell that held the waters across the island, keeping it sunk? And as a result, either a giant maelstrom appeared pushing back the water or the city managed to float from the bottom of the ocean to the surface? Okay, so let me give you a little context on this dagger real quick. So this dagger was actually the Shadow Priest artifact. Yes, weapon I, I, I from sadly Legion. know this. Yes. So um, there's a quest line in the series where the, you find the dagger, you talk to the dagger. It tells you to go kill people for energy. Then you go gather a couple of like old rune stuff. Then a ghost projects out of the dagger, and you're like, okay, whatever. And then eventually, uh, Sylvanas gets a hold of the dagger so through, through some weird shit, and the dagger tells her, "Hey, sail here." And she's like, okay. And so she takes the last remaining forces, heads out there, and Nathanos holding the dagger in hand. The Alliance chase after us. And then, uh, I guess, Queen Ashara was in on the whole thing with the dagger's plan and was like, okay, hey, let's go ahead and set the Tidestone. So she sets the Tidestone and it breaks away the water and the boats sink down. Uh, but it's weird because the city didn't rise. It's just there are giant ocean walls. Yeah. Like, like a whole Moses parting the ocean. Yeah, that's, that's what's getting at by, like, a curse either pushes the water away or a protection thing happens. It's like, yeah. It's like in the yeah. center of a maelstrom at that point. Yep. And the whole reason it stays open is because uh, Queen Ajara is like, ah, we'll keep it up until they amuse me no more. And then I'll bring it back. So we're pretty much just kind of questing and doing things in an area where a queen can literally just be like, you know what? I'm done holding the water up. I'll go ahead and close it back up now. So seems kind of fucking weird. But yeah, hmm. but it's a really nice zone. It's obviously designed with like strong night elf. Uh, was it uh, inspirations? Because of aesthetics. course, aesthetics. Aesthetics, because she was of course a uh, a night elf prior to becoming the Naga queen. So 
Yeah, the, the Naga lore is some of the expanded WoW lore I actually like. The idea yeah. that the Night Elves are so tapped into magic that, like, it's... Rather than drowning, they just mutate into, essentially, mermaids. Hmm. Yeah, but see, they weren't actually turned into Naga by the Nightwell. The Nightwell caused the explosion. Yeah. That caused the, the, the Riptide, if you will. But the actual transformation to the Nagas was caused by an old god. Yeah. And, and a deal that Queen Rishar made. But the fact that you're so tapped into magic, it's like, yeah, we can mutate an entire race. Fuck it, who cares? Like, over time? Yeah. Nah, like, instant. Yep, pretty much. So, um, but yeah, it's, there's a lot to do. A lot of fun stuff to do right now. I'm actually working on uh, trying to get my characters caught up to use the new essences. Uh, I am going to main an elemental shaman this uh, right here. So Have they made that whole artifact armor thing any better? Eh, yeah. They made it so that we don't have to grind out new levels to unlock the traits. Now we just get the traits off the weapon or off the armor. So we're not, we're not sitting there trying to, uh, to farm out specific things now. They actually, if anything, added a little bit more to it because now the actual artifact item, which is the neck, the necklace, mm -hmm. does something. Mm. So, oh, uh, we, yeah. So now we have it. Basically, unlocks three Azerite essences on there. What There's level the of bling one. do I have to get my necklace to to make it actually useful at this point? At the start, fifty, and then it's fifty-five, and then I think sixty. How much ice is in a level fifty bling necklace? A lot of ice. Okay. Maximum ice. But it's it's interesting because what they did now is you get essences, you can swap out like talents, and depending on what bonuses the essences give, some will be better as a major uh, essence, and then you get two minor essences. Wait, so it's now a ghost necklace? Kind of, yeah. Okay. But it's still a necklace. Well, yeah, it's where you put so. ghosts, Alex. You can't <laughs> put a ghost in a ring. Everyone knows that. <laughs> yeah. minimum a necklace yeah it, it, a necklace or other neck based thing because the beating of your heart is what keeps the ghost calm because it tricks it into thinking it's alive then you unleash it at people by ripping it away and pointing it at people duh based off some of the Azurite powers you're kind of not wrong no, no, that's, that's, there's that's a lot of how <laughs> basic necromancy and controlling of ectomancy works but we're not controlling spirits. God, do they teach you guys nothing in non-theater schools? Like, this is how you control the undead. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's uh, it's 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 all right. Like, there, there there's stuff to do that's actually pretty interesting, and and I'm I'm keeping up fairly good with the grind, and it doesn't seem all that bad right now. This patch actually looks okay. Mm. So, um, instead, I'm grinding out the essences for the time being on two characters. My elemental is caught up fairly okay, but I've been lagging on the rogue, so I'll keep catching up the rogue tonight at some point. <laughs> so, but the patch has been good. It actually, uh, part of what they did was they made it so that you have to play different aspects of the game to unlock essences, and some of the good ones are locked behind PvP stuff. So, seeing people actually heal up in PvP and giving a shit on the strategy, hmm. it's kind of nice. Like, we went on a pretty decent win streak last night, uh, killing shit, so. I, I do have an actual wow question for you when you're done with kind of your, this chunkier week. Um, I think that's it for now. I don't think I have anything else at the moment, but yeah. Have you dabbled at all more in classic wow? Uh, no. Oh man. Not yet. Especially with the new, you know, No, no, I, I get it. You have actually important things to do rather than 
relive hunters having dead zones. I I, I get it. It's a good <laughs> choice on your part. Yeah. So I'm uh mainly focusing on live for the time being. Classic is all right, but it's just I don't think it's gonna be for me. Oh no, I I've made peace with the fact that at least for a month I'm gonna play that son of a bitch when it comes out. <laughs> I don't like the fact that I'm okay with this, but it's like no, you're, you're gonna play classic. Well, yeah, you will, you will. But you're gonna play an actual affliction warlock, not this bullshit the new warlocks are. And you're gonna go into forums and be like, yeah, it sounds like a you problem that I'm op. <laughs> yeah, but other than that, like it's uh, what else have I been up to? Not much really else. My uh, it's it was cool. We had some really nice thunderstorms this week. Yeah, so I got to really enjoy that. Um, I did officially come up with my one year of uh working at my job now. Nice. Yeah, I, I saw something about that the other day. Yeah, and the week before was officially my one year of actually moving up here to Oregon. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of nice. I have some fun Oregon news for you, specifically Portland. Oh, joy. Remember how you said there weren't a lot of um, e-scooters in Portland? <laughs> I saw them now. They started popping up all over the fucking place. So it's that they were there, and 80% of them got thrown in the river. They've been restocked oh, finally. What? That's fucking hilarious. They dredged <laughs> out like a thousand, like, I, uh, maybe a thousand, but a shit ton of e-scooters recently wow yeah and they have a different name or something like out here land brands it doesn't matter there's one out here called lime and they started popping yep. up in my city so i'm a little bit like okay yeah we've but, yeah got, yeah we've got every company's e-scooters here now like everything yeah we've had lime we have literally everything i mean i've seen about i think at this point now about six different companies for it so yeah there's a lot of place, a lot of companies offering that now, and uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, other than that, it's uh, it's been all right. Uh, it's just interesting realizing that it's been a year now. Like, that's a thing. <laughs> so, that being said, I don't regret my move up here. I love being up here, and I love my job, and. Everything's good. Oh, and Harry Potter. Uh, oh, did you Wizards also play Unite Harry Potter thing. game? Yeah, I'm like level 11. That game is hot garbage. It's alright. No, it's not. That that it's game makes right. Pokemon Go at launch look like a really good game. It's weird because there's a lot of stuff to do, but I feel like there's too there's much There's no stuff point to do. to do any of it either because they all fill up individual gauges that could just be a level gauge. <laughs> yeah. I agree with you on that one. And you have to then so push kind of all. Bag. Then you have to like. You're not catching Pokemon. You're catching essentially stickers. You then lovingly press into a book to immediately forget about because who fucking cares? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I wanted the, I wanted that game to be be feeding eight Dumbledores into a grinder so I could feed them to my good Dumbledore and make a better <laughs> Dumbledore. <laughs> Jesus. What's this wanting to murder Dumbledore thing going on here? Team Snape all the way. <laughs> Snape was also a good guy. But he wanted to murder that Dumbledore still. Because he asked him to. Yeah. He's not a jerk. I'm just saying. He's like, fuck yeah, I get to murder Dumbledore. Hells yeah. Murder. <laughs> but yeah. Um, other than that, that's pretty much it. Nothing else for me. Yeah. Other than, like, 
being glad I'm still allowed on the podcast after yesterday mm. or after last week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what have you been up to, Henry? Oh, uh, well, uh, the Legion season premiere was this week. And, oh, I love that show. And I heard the premiere. Name's a bad guy in this season, kind of. Okay. I, and I'm going to say this. Um, and I think Noel, Noah Hawley does this on purpose. This the show is way more nuanced than yeah. that. There's not good guys and bad guys, and that's made abundantly clear yeah. throughout the whole series so far. That there's a whole lot of people thinking they're the good guy, and that's kind of seen as not a great attitude either. And so, what we're and already this show has gone off to an interesting start. I don't want to. There again, there's a lot of stuff going on there that I would rather not spoil for anybody. I, 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 but I, it's freaking good. I, the the kind of season premiere, fantastic, absolutely fantastic, interesting, interesting the way that they they introduce new ideas, new characters, and it's just uh, great. I'm yeah, it looks like we're in for another really fantastic season that's nuanced and thoughtful and stylish. The third season's premiere reminded me I'd not watched season two all the way through yet, so I'm burning through that as quickly as I can. Yeah. Catch up, yeah. I, for those curious about Legion, like, a, a weird backbone of Legion is, we all know Charles Xavier, that guy from those X-Men books that's a real great guy. Shit dad. Yep. And, this, and that's canonical. I mean, yep. that's the thing. It's like, a lot of the, I mean, so they've introduced... Tons of new characters. Like most of the characters in Legion are not from the X Men books. They're they're just not, and I think that was a good choice. But yeah, it's but the one thing that they have you know made very clear explicit is Charles Xavier is his father. That's comic book canonical and in, and introduced into the show fairly quickly. So, but yeah, that's the show is fantastic. It's so good. It's so stylish. It's so weird in such a really interesting way. But yeah, its char- treatment of all of the characters has given even characters that were just sort of you know, good guy or bad guy, given them, or crazy guy, given them all a great sense of nuance. And it's just, they don't, they don't deal with the issues of like morality ham-fisted. They just don't. There's all sorts of weird gray areas and uncomfortable areas, and they and the show plays around in all of that, and in, I find it like just amazingly, amazingly, just impressive, just what they've done with the show, and yeah. So I'm looking forward to another great season of that. So yeah, I I watch a limited amount of series because you know I only have so much time, and that's one that definitely makes my list. It's one of the most creative that i've seen on tv in a long time <clears throat> i'm looking forward to it ending so it can be an encapsulated thing where it's like yeah oh i think good. they're abs- i think they're absolutely like i think there is a closed narrative here yeah that's i think what there that's is what I'm a getting at like it's the <clears throat> this is the story we wanted to do we did the story it as a piece of work is done and we are happy with it yeah i mean the thing is they haven't idea that they're playing around with for the that's an overarching possibilities and thoughts about how it'll end and they've been playing on that throughout the entire series yeah and so i believe that it is always kind of been meant for a stop how many seasons i have no clue 
uh, but it is definitely meant to have an, a definite ending. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but it feels no, like no, that's, that's the way they're trying to... No, this is the final to... season. I think they said it was always going to be three seasons or something. Yeah, I, I feel like that, too. I think I think I remember... I think I remember them saying that. But in any case, yeah, I'm looking forward to having the narrative finish in a satisfying way because I don't because that's what they've been doing all along. They've taken as many episodes as they've needed to. That's why the two seasons have different amounts of episodes. Yeah. They they've just decided to take as many episodes as they need to actually tell the story. And that's it's really interesting. I feel like now has been a, a great time for these sort of interesting experimental series that come out there's a lot of faith in them uh, to and you know not every company and not every tv company production company has that faith but definitely fx has the faith in legion and it's it may be the best i'd say marvel series on tv and that's saying a lot and maybe the best superhero like series on TV, even though it's not a superhero series per se. Um, in, a, in a sense, that is. It doesn't play out like The Flash or something. But, yeah, um, other than that, I did, I mean, I mentioned this last week's podcast as well. I watched a bunch of SGDQ, uh, Summer Games Done Quick, and they reached three billion. Yeah. Three billion. Awesome. Three million dollars to Doctors Without Borders, that's MSF, Medicine Sans Frontieres. Um, I butcher that every time I say it, but yeah, it's Doctors Without Borders is one of my, still remains one of my absolute favorite charities. I, of course, gave during the marathon, and it was, it was great. It was, it, for as much, and I'm kind of familiar with the kind of, the, the preparation work that goes on behind it, because I'm sort of, I'm sort of on and off, I guess, a part of the speedrunning community, even though I don't do speedrunning that much myself. I've I've been a big fan and been a part of it, and I know the a lot of the prep work that goes into making it seem as well stylishly done and work as smoothly as possible, at least from the you know from the outside and looking at it. And I know the amount of work that it takes to make it seem that seamless. And seem that smooth, and yeah, I mean, all I mean, the great thing is, is like you know that the money that you see coming up on that those numbers, all of that's going to MSF, all of it. So awesome. yeah. yeah, so because like as far as their expenses, their expenses are generally covered by uh, a com- a combination of sponsors usually, and so they know that so that they can put it on and then know that the money actually being given during the marathon gets to go toward gets go directly to Doctors Without Borders. It's so good. It's I mean, fantastic. It's and it's for me it's absolutely fun to watch. I mean, you can watch your favorite games getting beaten in very stylish ways and very funny ways often. They have lots of like at this point they have fairly regular special guests calling in. It's usually like the devs for a game, and it's it's always awesome to hear their sort of uh, interesting silences and outbursts when they see a really interesting glitch being taken advantage of. But yeah, the uh, I I like I end up watching a lot of the classic console runs. Uh, uh, I don't watch as much of the new stuff like. 
There is a really good NES gauntlet race. There's been a little bit of new tech thrown into gauntlet runs. It's mm-hmm. it, Technologically, it's actually an awesome game. And so the big thing about Gauntlet is, is it's all right. So for those that don't know what Gauntlet is, it's a top-down shooter. It was one to four player in the arcades, and they brought it to a home console. But one thing about it is, it was known in the arcades for having tons of enemies on the screen at the same time, like just filling the screen. Just it, it can it can get to the point where they literally fill the screen with enemies, and it's and you can fit a lot of enemies because the way that the perspective is. It, shows a lot of level at the same time. But in any mm-hmm. case, the way they pulled it off is, alright, so the NES and many of the classic consoles have limitations on the number of sprites you can have on the screen at the same time. For the NES, it's like 8 for most games, and for, mo- for, for most of the time, it's like hardware limitations. But you'll play NES Scotland and notice that there's way more than 8 sprites on the screen. There's like 30 or 40 and how do they do that? It's all back. They're background. They're technically not sprites. The enemies are actually background tiles that that they just move around. Because one thing that the game lets you do is you can print to the background tiles as much as you want, as well as having background tiles actually have a a hitbox. And so they just did that magic, and it's seamless. They move a bit more blocky because they are moving according to being basically just tiled background. Like, they don't move as smoothly as the main character, but the effect is astounding. It's really a technological marvel, but it's, I like, yeah, I, I, the race of it was really fun, it was really cool, and it was very, very close. There's a, there's a, a certain amount of heavy RNG in the game. The items, like, that you collect are going to be in the same places, but, like, the enemies and just other things that can happen, uh, there's, there's a certain amount of RNG that can mess with you in the game. But, yeah, that was cool. Uh, I watched a speedrun of StarCraft. It was StarCraft the, uh... Who the fuck do you speedrun StarCraft? Um, basically, it's... It's a little bit different uh, strategies than you would use against, you know, in competitive esports. And, essentially, it's ones just to basically put out exactly the number of troops that you will need to beat each level. Huh. Um, yeah, so it's yeah, it's all based around building the exact structures very quickly. I mean, it, it takes the same meta uh, skills that you would have to have for esports, and that you have to be, you have to, you know, know, you'll be able to hit your shortcuts, hop around the map, have, and building up the right people, and just always being aware of everything going on at the same time. The whole spinning plates thing in that you just have to be aware of multiple things going on you have to make sure that they're all working out and especially because this one uses protoss the protoss each protoss each uh, troop that you make and each is worth a lot because they're very expensive to make and so there's a lot of making sure that nobody dies and that's another part of the meta that makes that a little bit more difficult in that but more rewarding is that you really can't afford to have very many people die, or else you're, you, you uh, especially when you're running a speed run, because, yeah, it's done at such skin-of-the-teeth style, it's done at such a minimalist style that if you lose people, then you just, you aren't, you aren't going to finish that particular level, that particular stage, or whatever, that map. 
and so or that mission so yeah that was that was interesting i hadn't watched a starcraft speedrun before so that was cool another one that i had fun watching was cannon spike which is a dreamcast game a top-down shooter a lot of fun but i had been watching aquas prepare for it for a while and so it was kind of he absolutely nailed it he absolutely destroyed it in the in the speed run but uh and it was a 1cc speedrun as well, because it's a game with credits, basically, because it's built like a, an arcade game. It's pretty much an arcade game. But, yeah, and so it was a 1cc really good speedrun. Uh, I, Rygar, I, NES Rygar, is always a fun speedrun, because it's a, it's still going through massive changes, like the speedrun itself, the tech and the strats for it. But, yeah, uh, but yeah, SGDQ, I, Love watching it, and I always watch the awesome games done quick in the winter. There's also going to be a, uh, a GDQ light of a sort at the next Twitch convention, the uh, which I don't remember, TwitchCon, I think they just call it. But in any case, there's going to be a sort of a GDQ small version going on there as well. I don't, at this point, I don't know which charity that it'll be supporting, but. They generally, they generally tend to choose really good charities to support. So, looking forward to that too. From the outside, it seems like this year was pretty drama-free, unlike some of the more recent ones. Is that an accurate assumption or assessment? I guess. Um, I'm going to say this: with the greater numbers and sort of the more slick the production has become, there's less awareness of the drama that goes on. I mean, there's because it's a ton of humans and ton of humans in one place means there's gonna be some drama but maybe not as not the type of stuff that's maybe reaching wider news that sure, is yeah, it's been a couple of years have, but i remember there being some kind of truly toxic seeming drama come out of it a couple years like three or four years oh, yeah. back at this point yeah absolutely i mean there's there's been some weird things going on i've attended one myself uh, i attended an sgdq and yeah, I mean that's the thing, you get that many people together in one place. The fact that it's still despite anything going on with either you know, internally with the people actually running it or with the with uh, the people attending, the fact that it still manages to go on very smoothly is a testament to how hard no, that, everybody's that, working. This to make is it all work. good. Like I, I only asked yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. there was a couple years back when they had like really good record numbers and within days of the event closing it was undercut by like yeah, they did this super great thing. I, it was something truly terrible, too. Like, one of the streamers just had, like, a slew of, like, molestation rape allegations come out or something. It was real bad. You're like, what the fuck happened? And yeah. I, I don't want this to be overshadowed this year. So this, I know this sounds like me being extra negative. It's the, I, I, as much as I've never been into the speedrunning thing, the amount of money and kind of the goodness it is, I've always given them points for, and I've always been like, man, I just wish we could a year where there wasn't some bullshit that came out after the fact. It sounds like this might but be But like a I said, the large amount of people that are involved in it now yeah, is humans just, are terrible. just runners yeah. and 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 the attendees. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, this is a bunch of humans, and you have to imagine, I'm always surprised that even in the years where there has been some drama, that it's still less than what I would expect from this many people being involved in a single project Sure. And a long-term project, I mean, all right, so, you know, I mean, we also know that 
dealing with people on a 24-7 basis, which is basically what's going on for the entire week, that's exhausting. Like, I mean, because it is a 24-7... Yeah. Uh, I mean, how, how many things... How many events can you think of that are 24-7? Period. Just any event. Any event that's 24-7. The Olympics. Let alone... What, what's that? The Olympics. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's the Olympics. Something that only happens every couple of years. You know, winter and summer. So, I mean, that's... That, uh, for it to be that big, a, a 24-7 charity marathon, it's, yeah, it's it's astounding, and I'm always very impressed every year. They have to make a lot of hard decisions and put in countless, countless off, you know, it's countless hours into this, so, yeah, uh, great job, three million, over three million dollars, absolutely fantastic. I mean, Praise to the runners and to the people running it. But that was, yeah, but I mean, that that was a nice cap. I mean, I even, uh, I IG'd about it last night as it happened. Just took a picture of my, of my uh, monitor of just after it hit the 3 million mark. And so, yeah, fantastic, fantastic stuff. But that's pretty much my week. So, yep. All right. Very nice. Cool. Well, you've been gone for a little bit, Charlie. Yeah, so, uh... I, I wish I had more to report from my time gone. Um, I did play some games. I, Destiny 2 is now very much a real part of my life. I think I talked about how I wasn't enjoying the Borderlands DLC they put out, and mm. I full-on tapped out of that. I didn't even bother finishing it, ultimately. Like, it just... I, I You guys talked last week about kind of the... You, you should spend some actual time thinking about whether or not you want to support Borderlands 3 from like a Randy Pitchford angle. And if you are playing another loot shooter you enjoy right now and own a copy of Borderlands 2, I really recommend playing that and then watching some videos from E3, whatever, showing the gameplay for that game because I, I, I'm going to play it because I know who I am and that's unfortunate, but like I... I'm having some weird memories of back when the pre-sequel came out and a bunch of people that were big fans of Borderlands 2 going, huh, why is this worse than Borderlands 2? And it was the, it's not so much that's worse, it's that Destiny 1 is way better than Borderlands 2 ever was. Which is a, mm -hmm. it, it was the, up until a point there's nothing to compare it to when you had a real comparison, it made that game significantly worse. And I'm not sure, like, it, a lot of stuff has come out this week about, like, Pitchford out there saying, like, without Battleborn, we wouldn't, like, Borderlands 3 wouldn't be as good. And it's like, that's cool. Battleborn was real bad. And I remember playing it <laughs> going, like, man, these shooting controls don't feel good. Yeah. But, yeah, I, we will see. I, I also played the Harry Potter Wizards Unite thing. I I think everything me and Alex said a couple minutes ago is more or less my my summary of it. Like, it's... It feels busy in needless ways, and I really hate how forward-facing the microtransactions are in that game. Like, it, hmm. it, it borderlines... It, I'm not going to say it's, like, aggressive the same way Ca um, Clash of Clans. I almost called it Cash of Clans. Wow. Like, it's... <laughs> no, it's fitting. Yeah. yeah I, that's, a, that's a Freudian slip. Yeah, the, but... the Harry Potter Unite thing does not shy away from a chance to be like, you know... If you bought some gold, this would be a better game. 
I, I always gave Pokemon Go points for, like, the, the money transactions were always there, but they weren't, like, at every screen. The, the game wasn't being like, you know, you're out of magic right now. Would fix that. Call money. Give us your money. <laughs> yeah, I... I really do dislike the microtransactions in that, because it, it feels way more forced. Yeah, I, it's... To be honest with you. And, there are so many of them in that game, I'm learning. Like, it's it's not just one place to spend money. It's, like, I guess to get into it, so I'm like, there's, like, four or five different, like, things you level up that all contribute to your level gauge, ultimately, but they all kind of play into slightly different activities occasionally and all pull hmm. from, like, different resources, all of which you have to replenish and all of which can be replenished via money, but, like, I think there's only one in-game currency, but if you told me there was two or three, I would believe you too, because mm. everything about that game's kind of consumable interface aspect, I find confusing and, like, aggravating. Like, I, yeah, I got a new phone since the last podcast, and I think, like, two days before I got my new phone, I downloaded the game, was playing it, and just didn't bother to bring it over. I'm like, nah, fuck that, I'm not gonna give it more of a chance. Like, it was the part of me doing it that way was me going, if I don't like the game, it'll just sit on my phone and I can ignore it. I don't even have to bother thinking about, like, do I want to uninstall this shit or not? Yeah, I... And maybe I'm being kind of too hard on it for a second, but, like, Alex, does it feel like all the improvements made to Pokemon Go aren't in the Harry Potter game? Absolutely. fucking Yeah, like, the net code <laughs> feels bad. Like, the, the connectivity, the tracking of you feels bad in the way that, not just, like, Pokemon Go, but, like, ingress occasionally felt. I mean, is this is Niantic again, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Ni Ni Niantic, uh, those who don't follow this too closely, are the makers of Ingress, Pokemon Go, and now Harry Potter Wizard. And they, had, and, they, and they had also made Ingress before. Yeah, I, 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 and, and, and if you want to get real derivative, they've successfully made one game with three skins. Like, all of their yep. games are kind of the same. Yep. Yeah. And I know Alex is more of an Ingress player than I was. I got into it for a month or two. Like, Ingress was... I would argue Ingress was the coolest, but worst playing. But, like, mm. Pokemon Go was that nice sweet spot of what you're trying to do and what you've done really work really well with what your system is. And the Harry Potter one just kind of feels weird. Like, it feels... Mm. Corporate's the wrong word, but very, like, movie tie-in-y. Like, in a way... I haven't felt the video game has in a long time. I well, see the thing is, it's not even movie centric too, because in like in the narration of things, Harry Potter's an R, but he's still super fucking young. Yeah, in the fucking Wizards Unite game. Yeah, like he wasn't an R until way later. I... Yeah, like so... you brought back to the Wizards. This game has a bizarre amount of voiceover instruction. That at least in my case, I fucking mash through because I don't have three minutes to listen to some scripted dialogue play out in a mobile game about me walking my ass around town. Like, it, I, I do not get who this game is for. Like, the Pokemon Go thing was you fired up that game, like, within a minute you were up and running and you could just kind of go at that point. This game perpetually interrupts you to be like, hey, here's a new system, but it's not really a new system, it's just a new implementation of another system you already know, but we're going to have, like, nine text fields of dialogue that are fully voiced for no fucking reason. Also, where the yep. fuck is Ron? Yeah. 
Did Ron die and we didn't get told about it? Because he's not in this game. Yeah. No, Ooh. there's a couple weird things. And then also, like, you have three professions you can choose from, which only really affects, I feel like, when you're doing the... Uh, the dungeons the or whatever they're dungeons? called. Dungeons? Castles? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the fortresses. Yeah. On top of that, there are three different structures you can go through, technically. There's the, there's the fortresses, there are the inns, and then there are the greenhouses. And the greenhouses are probably the worst implemented system they have in that game. How are the Which, how are the greenhouses and the inns not the same except the swiping controls are different? Egg fucking exactly. Yeah, I <laughs> I feel like I've encountered so, so, a fourth location you can go into as well, but I encountered it like once. No, it's like a hot zone or something where it's like, yo, there's yeah. black magic here. And I'm like, I want to chill with these black magicians. And then it was lame. It's like, oh, it's just like, you're going to fight the same bad guy four times we only have one fucking model for bad guy in this game i'm like oh man this is lame like let me fight someone cool or just like i i would rather this game went be like dudes in hoods with generic skull masks than what they do where it's like oh it's a flaming piece of paper that's evil and you're like okay what led this piece both be evil oh it's this evil piece of paper it's got a bad guy's face on it didn't I vanquish this piece of paper like a half a block ago? No, this is a different evil piece of paper. Same wanted poster, but it's different. Same batch. It came from a bad printer. I don't fucking know. Yeah. I... Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. it's, uh, it's, there's just a lot of weird stuff. Like, you can easily get rid of the greenhouses and not have any effect on the fucking gameplay. I like, you can completely get rid of the greenhouses, because the concept of the greenhouses is stupid. Like, do you know how they work, by you the swipe way? swipe up, and then you, like, pull a plant out of the ground. No, there's more. Like a shell there's game? a second tab on the bottom... Oh. No, there's a second tab on the bottom right, where you can plant the seeds you pick up from the map, and then you have to wait 18 hours and go pick them from the same spot. So, and you can't pick them remotely. That's the shit I'm talking about, where it's... Because when, when you do that, I, I, I totally forgot about that because it's been a week since I played the game, I think. Like, that, the game will get right up in your face and be like, yeah, you can come back in 18 hours or money. Huh? Huh? Get that miracle fertilizer. Do it. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's... Yep. Yeah. That's a part of the monetization of freemium games. It is one of the you know one of the things you sell is time. The Harry Potter Wizards Unite thing is bad enough. I thought about reinstalling Pokemon Go. Like it's it, it made me wistful for a better game of that style. And I like, I have no reason to play Pokemon Go at this point in my life. I'm I, I'm not in a city that's good for it or anything like that anymore. Like but like this game was so bad. I'm like, how the fuck did you go from a good one to this? Like this is I. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is worse than Ingress, and Ingress is, like, impenetrable at this point. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, hmm, that's interesting. I mean, you would think that they would just take all of the improvements that they had done and figured out about yeah. their game engine, essentially. I mean, at this point, it's practically an engine that they're using. Well, it's like Alex has talked about how you can, like, link your, um, like, if you're out of Fitbit or something, you can link it to Pokemon Go at this point. I don't think that's in Harry Potter. Hmm. No, it's not. Yeah. It's absolutely like, and, not. And that is something huh. I was actively looking for. I'm like, oh, I walk around all day during the office and stuff. Like, that will easily get me, like, probably another mile of walking or something just based off that. But yeah, it, it's, 
and like make a weird comparison. It's the Destiny Two effect where your sequel to a game should launch equal or like easily comparable to where the last game came from. And I know it's like oh, it's Harry Potter versus Pokemon, but like it feels like a weird step back with way more microtransactions and graphics you don't want. Like I, I don't like the art. I've never had a reaction of I don't like the art style for a mobile game because I've never cared enough about that but like it's the Pokemon Go one works so well it looks nice it's fun you're like yeah Pokemon this one's like ah fucking wizard with a a enchanted shackle on their leg that's like ah yeah and actually one of the funny things about that game by the way is you know how you have to swipe the spells and do all that jazz if you turn off the vibrate function on there, it makes the spell swiping a lot more accurate. Yeah. The phone itself vibrating fucks with your tracing. So you may on have missed screen. that. Day one didn't have the option to turn AR off initially. Ah. Uh, and, like, are you ruining the point of the game at that point? Maybe. But, man, that targeting system is bullshit. Yeah. I, yeah. Don't play Harry Potter. So, Wizards Unite. It's bad. It's not good, at least. Yeah, I'm. Uh, what's it called? I'm. I'm kind of mm, about it right yeah. now. But I will say, like, there are a lot more stuff in Pokemon Go that I enjoy. Yeah, I, and considering I have an alliance, and there's actually a uh, a Portland. Well, let's not go Discord. into your bullshit, like hoity-toity hippie. Like, what if we made Pokemon fun for everyone and not the intent to murder children's pets? <laughs> <laughs> We have a, Henry, I don't know if you know about this, but we have an alliance set up where we take turns taking over the gym so we can get our 50 coins for the day. It's on a set rotation schedule, and we just kind of... This whole alliance tells you more about Alex than anything else in, on this podcast ever. <laughs> but there's also a... Uh, I actually found out there's a Pokemon Go Discord for... Uh, Portland? For, for Clackamas County, huh. which is... The county I live in, so everyone there like it's just it's a huge like with like almost three hundred Discord people, uh, where people who just live in the area and we post like hey rare Pokemon's in this area hey by the way there's a thing of these Pokemon spawning over here hey we're coordinating a raid and all that so that I am fine with it's the idea of we're gonna share this gym that's just bullshit. Yep, we we share the gems. The point of Pokemon is to go out there, kidnap God from a from a power plant, and then track down people that didn't have the free time to track down God and murder their pets and take their money and be like, sucks to be you, and then buy candy and lemonade and just eat it in front of them, being like, this is so good, and bought with your money that you could have used. Yeah. But, um, we did end up running into a situation uh, once where there was a car in front of us, okay. and that car was taking over gyms with us, and we just followed it around downtown and took over gyms and just sat in our cars. <laughs> it was great. And then the people got out and like slashed your tires. Like, Team Instinct Forever and ran off into the night. <laughs> well, we were Team Instinct too, so we were all working together. Fair enough. Yeah. The person's like, why the fuck is this person following us? He's going to murder us. Probably. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. I have been playing two games aside for, uh, for the Harry Potter game, though. Go on. Uh, 
First one is Adam's Lost Memories. It's an itch.io game. I've I've been getting into itch.io lately. I I wanted more weird in my life, and Adam's is not so much weird as it is deep, horrifying childhood trauma portrayed as a horrifying, fairly linear kind of corridor-style horror game that is mildly unsettling for the mind and good. But also, That's like, cool. yeah, like, I... I think it was Hatred or something. That's the school shooting game. Never mind. There was another. There's a game that came out like a year or two ago that was genuinely bad. That was like a trip through the seven circles of hell or something like that. It's not Dante's Inferno. It was like a first person kind of stealth puzzle game. And the two are similar, except that Adam's Lost Memories is good. And scary and unsettling and makes me sad and like it, it it is weird recommending this game that feels unbelievably personal to the creator making it. Like it the game just oozes this is something that happened to me and I'm using metaphor and this game to kind of maybe not therapize, but like try and like find a way to make other people that have not gone through this emphasis em- be empathetic with you, and I don't know the full details exactly. Maybe I'm just dense, and the game spelled it out better than I thought it did. But like, some shit happened that like should not happen to you, and this game is a direct result of that. And the the game is amazing, but also like, but in that like terrible way where like it's it's great art made from a terrible situation. That like, man, if this had never happened, we wouldn't have this game, and. This game kind of feels important in that regard, but like if the choice was this game existing or this not happening to this person, the correct answer is this not happening to that person, so this game doesn't exist. But it's like five bucks on itch. It's again, it's not good. Like it's the like you still have to like you fail and you're like man, I need a drink heavily now. It's early access. It's, it has a couple rough edges, but like it. Again, I didn't have fun with the game, but I had fun with the game. Like, yeah, this is a great game. It's fun in the same way that, um, God, what was that horror game everyone loved a couple years back? I'm blanking on the name. Um, the one where the monster was chasing you the entire time. It was like the big Twitch game for a couple weeks. Uh, Scent? Slenderman? No, but kind of that too, but like less jump scary. Um, Eternal Darkness? No, it's a different, better game. Evil Within? No, um, it wasn't action. You had like a lighter. It was like eighteen hundreds. Um, Penumbra. No, these are all. Amnesia. Great. Yes, that one. Okay. See, I, I, yeah, I'm a good person to ask on horror games because that is one of my favorite. Oh no, I, I knew one of you would know it, but like, <laughs> and this is everything you're saying. Like, this is like, no, you're right. Based on my script, that, that is the correct answer, but not the right correct answer in this scenario. Like everything you've said is a game that matches this. Yeah. But on the polar opposite end of the spectrum from that, I play Judgment. The new game from the Yakuza folks. Nice. Yeah, I, I believe it's only on PS4 right now, which just sucks a little bit because I've gotten the impression the PC ports that they've brought over of the um, Yakuza re-release stuff has been real fucking good. I, it's mm. If you've ever wanted to play a Yakuza game, but were like, man, I don't know how to get into this, like, 
decades spawning franchise and everyone's like yeah man one and two are real important but like you can't go back to them because they're kind of terrible in the modern sense but kiwami which is the re-release of one is real good but also like still some of the problems of one because that's what makes one one and like yeah you can start at three but like the coolness of ryu of ryu ryu i'm like the character's name the yakuza guy being like a orphan dad with all the kids at the orphanage like it lacks the emotional impact you even played the first two games and it's on the ps3 and there's no other way of playing it and like tracking it down yeah you can start with zero but then you're missing like all the stuff that happens between zero and the final one and the final one's great but also like bad if you haven't played all the stuff judge is judgment is a reset of all of that where it's a totally new story in that style it's got similar combat it's got the similar kind of paralyzing ridiculous amount of stuff to do and it's in the yakuza verse if you will like it, this is it feels like a yakuza game that you're just not playing a yakuza like fuck there's a yakuza guy in the game that you bro out with and he's like yeah i'm here like that's the the voice actor for him in japan's when they got the game like pulled from shelves and redone and shit like that hmm. yeah i'm not deep enough into the game to have a strong opinion yet but i'm having fun with it like it's as a huge fan of the Yakuza franchise that, like, had to go through the, like, okay, how the fuck do I get into this franchise that I've heard is real cool and, like, track down stuff to play the original ones, but, like, was like, yeah, these fucking original ones aren't great in hindsight. Like, they're cool, but they don't age real well at all. Kawami's great, though. I, it's, it is super awesome that a way to play one of these games without any of the baggage exists. I'm having a lot of fun with it so far. It is weird that this game has vo uh, English voice options. If you're a fan of the Yakuza franchise, I recommend turning them on for a little bit so you can have the fucking weirdness of a Yakuza game being said to you in English and then going back to Japanese because that's how this game is meant to be played. But yeah, it it's cool so far. I will probably have more thoughts on it next week when I'm kind of more into it. Like, I'm three or four hours in, and it still feels like the game's like being like, hey, here's other shit you can do, by the way. I remember, like, Yakuza's the franchise that put Virtual Fighter in the game as a mini fight, as a mini game. And I'm not talking like a fight from Virtual Fighter. I'm talking like a legit Virtual Fighter cabinet is in, I think it's Yakuza 4, where like the only thing missing is multiplayer. Like, all the characters are fucking in this game. Oh yeah, they've done that with yeah. every every like well a lot of the newer ones in the Yakuza series and that there are arcades, there's straight up arcades yeah. in those, and I've seen there's they had a really I mean perfect port of Afterburner, uh and, and uh or oh Space Harrier Space Harrier yes yeah, and Hang On and some other games all Sega games of course I mean this is a Sega franchise but. It's it, it's kind of cool to be able to go and actually play those games, and there are often quests tied in with playing the mini games. Yeah. So and, cool. and like to to maybe kind of belabor the point, but also like on the opposite end of the spectrum, like aside from arcades, I think it was six had this whole like internet flirting game that had the voice actors from famous like Japanese porn stars just do the voices for their characters in the game. Essentially, like it wasn't. People oh yeah, like, no, no, they it's like, no, it's fucking Henri Okita. It's it's real. It's her. Yeah, they they did that. I mean, they did that in Zero as yeah. well because you basically own a you own a hostess bar, or at least one of the characters. Yeah, does. Uh, 
that owns a hostess bar, and so there's a lot of mini games. And yeah, as far as I know, like I, I actually looked it up because I was, got curious about it. Because somebody mentioned, I was like, oh, okay, so these are actually. I, I was like thinking that they are probably real people because they do that a lot in this series. Yeah. But I was like, oh, those are actually like, uh, like adult film stars. Yeah. Crazy. I, it's it's a weird it's kind of detail, cool. but like it's. It feels weird calling this the Yakuza game because it's not. It's judgment. It's totally different. Mm-hmm. But it's of that. It's it's got that same like. Why the fuck would you have this level of immersion in a game? Are you complaining? No, but like, why the fuck would you do this? It's real cool, but damn, you could have just had anyone do this, and I'd been like, yeah, fuck it, whatever, who cares? But no, you went the extra mile, and it's impressive. Like there are things to do in Yakuza games. I have played. I just didn't know we're there until someone told me. I'm like, oh, yeah, I didn't even go down that alley once. Cool. I missed out on a giant plot point of the game. Awesome. But also, like, man, playing that game that way was different. But Judgment's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm liking it so far. I will definitely play more of it next week. I I fell down the Destiny 2 hole a little bit harder than I wanted to this week. I, it's funny. I'm saving chunks of that game's content for when me and Alex can play together on PC, finally. Mm. Yeah. Like, there are four weapons I have queued up the quest lines for to a point where I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to go fucking grind for this shit. Like, if we're going to do it. We're going to go to Mars. We're going to get some Mars weapons. Mars is haunted. No, the moon is oh, no. haunted. Moon's haunted. Mars is infested. Moon's haunted. There you go. It's also full of war mines, but that's a separate topic. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I've been up to for the most part. I, it's... Yeah. Oh, before I totally forget, uh, totally on video game really, but kind of thing I think Alex will find fun talking about. Uh, me and we talked about I got engaged a while back, et cetera, et cetera. I've been having cake tastings. Hmm. Everyone oh. should get to go through a cake tasting in their life because as a heavier set man, the idea of people bringing cake to me and then, like, <laughs> letting me ex- talk about the cake in wine snob fashion is great. And them, like, having to listen to my bullshit opinions and conversing with me about, like, what frosting or filling flavors go right with certain flavors and, like, the limitations of what the cake style we're talking about imparts upon the flavor or, like, the filling. It's Fun. It's unbelievably dumb. <laughs> it's also like, yes, bring me some cake so I may critique it. Yes, this this raspberry filling is wonderful, but it's better than the strawberry, but it lacks the panache of the ganache. Yeah. I wish to try the, the fondant! Tell me about the bouquet. Yes. <laughs> what's, what I've what's mostly learned from cake what's tastings. What's the vintage? Yes. Tell me the vintage of this frosting. <laughs> I understand you employ a uh, Fancy frostings here. How many orphans were not allowed to taste the frosting? Seven, you say? Brilliant! <laughs> that, that's awfully specific there. It is dumb fun. Yeah. And it, it's it's me and my fiance too, so it's like fucking metalhead ass us in like quaint little pastry shops. And they're like, are they gonna burn this place down if they don't like it? We're like, we will demand cake! <laughs> Bring us cake. That we may try it and then maybe employ you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
it. Everyone should get a chance to go through a cake tasting for a wedding. Then you have to pay for a fucking wedding, but, like, it's... Unless weddings aren't your thing. Like, everyone should get to go through a fancy cake tasting. It is fun. Ridiculous and fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, But speaking of ridiculous and fun, we got news! This news segment today brought to you by Budweiser. Budweiser Esports and Video Games. I thought it was Bud Light Lime. Does it? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) It's all garbage. Not actually, but... Unless saying so makes Budweiser owe us money, then Budweiser, money please. (laughs) Yeah, money please! I will make lots of jokes about how you are officially technically a beer. Yep. (laughs) Uh, yeah, so, uh... We got kind of some major topics. Like we're, it's weird. We moved away from doing catch-all topics, and then the news started dividing itself up into topics of kind of umbrellaness for us. And I want to start this week off with uh, Epic Games CEO Tim Sweeney got out there and explained why the Epic Store is a good thing. And mm. I don't disagree with him. I, I know Alex and Henry aren't on the same page with me. But, like, every fucking PC person that calls anything on the Epic Store an exclusive doesn't actually get what an exclusive is and needs to shut the fuck up. Like, it's not on your preferred launcher. I get it. But it's not like you have NVIDIA versus AMD graphics chip cards and they're going, ah, man, can't play Borderlands 3 on AMD. That's a NVIDIA game. Like, that's what an exclusive actually is. I mean, I mean, I mean, there's... And, you know, other news about launchers, but it's like, for me personally, it is it is a pain to own things on, you know, virtually own things, and that's even worse, virtually own things on multiple platforms. Yeah. I mean, not everybody, you know, with, with, for example, if I go on the Humble Store, many of those are offering their games DRM free. Yeah. They, you can just download them and you actually own them. Uh, as are as our games in good old games. If you go to good old games. Many of those games are also, if not all, I think, are are offering DRM free downloads when you buy the game. So you buy the game essentially instead of buying a sort of a weird limited license of the game that you get through Epic or through Steam. But yeah, that's that's my problem with it. It's just, I mean, the thing is, like, uh, yeah, it's. It's just reminiscent of the console wars, but which are not. still going I, on. This is the thing people keep trying to drag it into, because it's not. It's You are not limited. You don't have to own two things to play all the games you want. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you don't have play. to own here, different hardware. Here, here's and the, I get here's that. The difference. Here's, here's the difference here. When the developer puts a game on Steam, Steam's not saying, hey, you can't put this on COG, you can't put this on Windows Store. It is on Steam, and that is it. Steam is like, okay, cool, you can release on our platform. If you want to release on COG, if you want to release on Windows Store, that's cool too. Epic is like, you can't release any fucking where except us only. That makes it an exclusive. But yep. it's not! You can just... Yes, no, no, no. What did it, did it did cost you... you anything to download the Epic Launcher? No, but the Epic Launcher is... So there's garbage. no barrier for entry. Other than the fact yeah. that, yeah, the launcher is garbage and their store is garbage. I think still. the Steam launcher is garbage. They're all garbage. All of them are faulty. Like, the Steam one crashes on me constantly. I run betas and I never have it crash on me. 
and this is the problem. Like, it's the, everyone has their own unique reaction. Like, it's the, I have spent so many years hating Steam because of some of their account management bullshit they put me through over years that, like, I do not care about. I have no loyalty to any of these platforms. And I get it. It's nice having all of your game licenses because that's what they are. You don't actually own anything on Steam, by the way. It's all licensed games at that point in one location. But also, how many of them do you actually play in a year? Like, it, I get it. It's fun having the digital e-shelf of games, but you're going to have a fucking desktop launcher icon anyway if it's a game you play any, with any frequency. All right. All right. And so the other part of it is I don't like to run tons of stuff at the same time on yeah. my computer. Even though my computer's pretty powerful, I don't want to have to run literally 10 different launchers on my computer to play all the games in my library. And I'm already having to do that right now. That is, like, like because even though you download it through Steam or whatever, like, Origin is a thing, and Ubisoft has their own launcher. You want to talk I mean, about fucked in this category? Buy and a, those are yeah, And buy, those are terrible launchers, by the way, like, really awful. Yeah, buy a Ubisoft like, game off anyone's platform. You still have to go through Uplay. Yeah, and Uplay is... Awful. What is it the is point of putting a game on Steam if you have to go through Uplay? Like, that is the question yeah. I always go to. Where it's like, yeah, why? And that makes me even, even angrier. Now I have to download an additional layer of of crap just to play the games that I bought, and it's just, yeah. I mean, it just seemed. Eh, I don't know. I, yeah. No. It 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 it's stupid. It's, it's and it, I guess we'll agree to disagree, but it is exclusivity. No, sense. it is really not. It is you can't like, the idea that you're well, saying technically, is technically I mean when you it's not hard. I mean you were All right, so you're splitting hairs here. What you're talking, I mean your definition seems to be it's only exclusivity is only about hardware. But that's not the only definition of exclusivity. Software exclusivity is a thing. I, it, I mean, you know, but it's not I mean, again, it's like, like it's the the Apple versus Windows, that's exclusive bullshit at that point. Like it's the yeah. that's software. Yeah, and that's software. That's the same thing as the game. No, no, it's not, it's because if I have Windows, I can't do Apple stuff. Everything you can do in Steam on Windows works on Windows, meaning it also the, the Epic Store works. Okay, tell you what, I want to leave a review uh, on the Epic Store. Can't do When's it. the last time you actually checked a review on Steam? I do it I all do the time. The I check I them. When do you before I buy you anything? One. I check through many reviews. I, I absolutely I do. It's one of the reasons. Reason, it's one of the reasons I seem to be so it's such a slow adopter and buyer of games because I wait and I check the reviews. I don't buy anything on launch. Okay, I do, so like, the about the only thing I've bought on launch so far, it, this is it's practically the first time ever is is uh, Death Garden. I mean, seriously, yeah. like this is. This is this is the it's literally the first game I've bought okay, on so launch. Okay, so my counter to reviews ever. on Steam is Steam reviews are so useless they had to throw in they had to develop a mechanic to prevent review bombing because groups got mad at a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they also have an option where you can set preferred reviewers so you can see their reviews pop up, which had controversy about people viewers. being influenced to buy shit and there being no controls on that. At that point, you have to choose your reviewer and run yeah, with that. I, 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 so, not, at that point, I, mean, I would go so far as that I don't want a retailer being allowed to host reviews. Well, it wasn't a retailer Steam, review. No, no. Steam you, is a retail platform. You are reading reviews yeah, a on retail a retail platform. platform. 
I don't think you should yes. be allowed to have reviews on a retail platform because there's you an infinite number of incentives to kind of mess with your opinion at that point. Yeah. You can follow specific user reviewers, yeah. is what I'm saying. The same way that you can follow influencers. I mean, the thing yeah. is, I mean, you. the same thing is on Amazon. I think Amazon reviews are equally garbage. Like, how many times have you seen someone give something one star because shipping was a day late? Yeah, but that's not... I mean, honestly, I've gotten really good reviews that have actually prevented me from buying a product that was obviously no, no, faulty. Like, I'm not saying reviews are useless. Like, Yo, I had this for like a couple of weeks and it broke. And then I see that repeated a dozen times. People saying, well, I had it for you know, this many, like a month, and then it just started to fall apart. And I'm like, okay, this is not a quality product. Enough people have posted reviews about this that are actually like descriptive and been like, yeah, don't buy this. And on the other end, I've seen things like, you know, like reviews like, I thought this was totally going to be cheap, and I still have it a year later. And, you know, and, they, and these I re reviews are absolutely valuable to me. No, no, way more, way more valuable than I would say reviews. to reviews even on, like, say, Kotaku or Polygon. That I use user reviews way more than professional reviews to, to give, me my, uh, give me an idea of how people, what people actually think of the product. Mm -hmm. and I'm not trying to discount reviews, but also... I bought a game off Steam today that had the review, this wasn't the game I thought it was. Spelled out what they thought the game was. They put the review on the wrong game. Okay. That is Steam reviews. Okay, but do you have 20 people typing the same shit out in a row where there's a consistent pattern? A bunch of people thought that review was helpful. But there are 20 reviews of it. At that point, it's personal research. You're drawing straws on this one, Charlie. I, Normally, I'm in the, no, no, in one, the same way that people are willing to say it's exclusive one. when it's on the platform you're using, it's just not in the same launcher you're used to using. That's a bigger straw at that point. I mean, like, for you, the main the main thing that you're you seem to be stuck on is you don't consider Steam to be a platform. It's a launcher. It's a store. It's like it. It'd be the same if Best Buy and GameStop got into a pissing fight about where you could buy Bayonetta three. That's the that that's the difference. That's that's what this is. Okay, I think that's a better description of it. Yeah, in that they are okay. But the thing is, they become platforms because you can't play the game without that thing installed. You just can't. Either you, can't case. you can't play. You can't. You can't play. Yeah, in either case, you can't play your Steam games unless you have Steam installed. Yeah, you can't it, play Epic games unless you have Epic installed. And, and my argument is that like it's not exclusives when you have to buy a new thing. In order to play something, that's that's the line, and maybe this is the kind of I've been a console gamer for most of my life, as opposed to you two. Like the the whole PC, like oh, I don't want multiple launchers thing. It's like, can you play the game? Yeah, okay, cool. Someone to bet there's some Xbox owners out there that are like, man, I wish console exclusives worked this way. I could just download the fucking PlayStation app to my Xbox One and play Spider Man. Well, I mean, but you know, but also I think that's a bad argument. To say that, okay, well, this one is way worse than that when they're both different levels of the same idea. I mean, it's like, yeah, the console wars are really bad and stupid, but that's not to say that also this thing going on between Epic and Steam isn't also kind of stupid. It's all corporate level shit. Like, it's the, what in the fight between Epic and Steam has actually affected either of you two? Um, having to, if I have to buy it on multiple platforms or multiple storefronts or whatever, I, so, to own the same game, which so, is super, super dumb. To, to counter that, 
if you bought a game from you from Ubisoft on Steam, you already had to install UPlay. So yep, yeah, and I'm not happy about that either. No, but I'm I've saying like expressed how the, the idea of having to buy separate things running is something Steam is already forcing you into technically. I know, and I don't like that. I, I don't like any yeah, of it. No. I mean, have you, I mean, You're, I have never said I like that either. So I mean, I don't see what your argument there is. No, but it's fine when it's off of Steam. Uh, what do you mean? Huh? What? what? It's an ex- is an exclusive then because you cannot play a Ubisoft game on PC without you play. Is that an exclusive at that point? Not all. Yeah. No, yeah, it's, yeah, it, it is, yeah. It is exclusive. Ubisoft stuff is exclusive to their platform, to their to their launcher, which is garbage. And no, I don't like that either. Yeah. You, you somehow seem to think that the hate towards Epic is somehow only when is the last time launcher? anyone got mad at Uplay except for being a bad system? Uh, there was actually quite a bit of complaining about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Too and all oh, that. yeah. Be- yeah, especially with an issue where widely. they weren't securing their shit properly. Yeah. How many years ago was that? Wide. I managed to miss all of this if it's been recent. <laughs> Within the last few months, somebody was talking about how there was uh, weird security issues because they had weird login uh, things popping no. up on their, uh, yep. their login history. No, I, this is not new news. I managed to miss oh, all yeah. of this, but... Yeah, I mean, Ubisoft has, I mean, Uplay has been a point of contention for a long time because they have not really improved it. No, They've it, changed the look of it, it but the system terrible. is still I'm not garbage. defending Uplay at all. My, my point being more the kind of outrage over the kind of console uh, exclusives. Like, as a console gamer, you look at this and go, fuck are y'all on about? Like, you can play the games kind of thing. And- but being less bad doesn't mean it's not bad. I mean, that seems to be your whole argument here. Is that the con the console wars are so terrible that anything better than them is just good? I, I, I guess think it's more the concept of calling it an exclusive. Like fucking hate retailers all you want. I sure as hell do. Like it's it is bizarre how much all of this has slowly pushed me towards GOG because of the DRM free aspect of it. Like it's Yeah, and you know what? We have some stuff to talk about. Yeah, GOG that's too, kind of my transitioning kind of, to that. Like yeah. up on the Tim Sweeney thing. He got out there and kind of said that why they're doing the exclusive thing is basically like a, from a pure corporate angle of things, the Epic Store is better for game developers. They make more money off of it. Like that's yeah, that's an unfor. Fight about everything you want. That is why the Epic Store is getting exclusive. Essentially, that you you are yeah. capable as a developer of making more money going to it. Like it. Again, like maybe with that splitting hairs category, Steam has had an accidental monopoly on games. There is now a viable contender, and again, like it doesn't have the full features, but also a bunch of the features people get mad about. I don't think as many people care about. I sure as hell don't. It launches games like itch.io doesn't have the same functionality as Steam, and it's fine. It gets me games. The difference is though, Steam was never like, "Hey, if you're releasing on my platform, you can't release anywhere else." Steam was like, okay, if you want to buy it from us, you can. But, but if you want to buy it from someone else, you can too. Epic's like, if you're on our store and you're getting this, you can't be on any other store. A, it's been mostly That's time exclusive. Which is which really is- an uh, a heavily, I mean, and not unsurprising, anti-competitive measure. I mean... That's what Nintendo did yeah, I, to, the, to their devs for a long time. You know, for the NES, as a dev, if you, if you, were, if you were like creating for Nintendo, they generally tended to lock you into a license where you could only develop for Nintendo. And, that's one of the reasons, that's one of the things that actually hurt Sega 
going on is that they were having to produce more and more in-house because Nintendo was claiming exclusive exclusive developers even. So, I mean, this it's not like these business practices are unheard of or we are so naive to not realize the, the, the reason behind them is money. But And the crux I always go back to, like, unlike the Nintendo thing, unlike console exclusives, there is no barrier of purchase except the actual game on the PC thing. Like, it's the... It really comes down to, in my mind, like, if Amazon, Best Buy, and GameStop started slicing up where you could buy games, that is what this fight is over, and that yeah, just seems and silly that would also, And that would also make people kind of angry. Yeah. You I, could buy a game at one place and you can't buy it at another place. The same as, like, the fact that you... Yeah, there's certain games... I mean, that's just... Yeah, I would be... I would be pretty pissed about that if it only came out in one store yeah i mean I, it, that I, there again i think they're both equally bad terrible things just because the console wars are worse doesn't mean these are good but they're not equal then like if one is worse then they're not equal necessarily well i never claimed that they're equal you, i don't think that was ever the argument equal. no i said that they were that it, it, they're similar you said equal. But but I'm not one is one this. is one is worse. The fact that one is worse than the other doesn't mean they're both. It can't be that they're both bad. Simply because one is worse than the other doesn't mean that they're no. They're not both bad. Yeah, I, I think one is way less bad than the other to the point where it's like people are gonna be mad. What they're gonna be mad about, and the solution may in fact be GOG Galaxy 2.0. Which the fact that there's now a market for a launcher for all your launchers is insane but also kind of fun in my book <laughs> i think it's great yeah it's so yes, they're even they're rolling in everything yeah discord I mean, tried to kind of do this i think it was a year or so back and didn't quite pull it off the way you wanted it to but like this one seems legit like it's so uh for those not here for those not unsure what gog is gog is the um for good old games and it just started off as kind of a platform where you could put games up that didn't run anymore and by whatever fucking magic they were doing, they could get shit like that pod racer game that I know from Nintendo 64 up and running. I own like four games on GOG, most of the Witcher games. They're DRM free stuff. They are they're owned by CD Projekt Red, I think is the connection there. Yeah. Yeah. I, they, they are CD Projekt Red's thing. And CD Projekt Red is upfront enough about that. Like when you're looking at pre ordering Cyberpunk, they flat out say, Hey, if you buy it from GOG, we get all the profits off of it, and then break down the percentage takes to the other launchers, which I found kind of entertaining. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But uh, in beta right now is GOG Galaxy 2.0. The launcher's never been amazing. It's fine. It's a launcher. It gets games up. Let's you make a desktop shortcut. What this will allow you to do is unify all of your things, all, all of your launchers, essentially, under one banner, it will kind of list all of your libraries via just linking accounts at that point, which this just seems insane that this is even possible, but I, I guess like the Epic Store will let me link like nine different plat platforms together too, so this shouldn't totally, totally surprise me at this point. Like, GOG has also done some stuff in the past with trying to give you credit for games or giving you DREM access to games you already bought off of Steam, I think, on a couple instances. Yep. I don't remember how yep. far that program went. I know I signed up for it. Never really came with anything of it, but yeah. a few things. I got a few, a couple of the games yeah. that I got on Gog. and yeah, it is. That's the thing is like of these good old games. These are the good guys. 
Like, they are the ones trying to make as seamless and easy of a store. I mean, they're the ones that are obviously anti-DRM, yeah. which I'm like, yes, I, I am a fan of uh, point of sale. Of, of that of that notion of the point of sale notion that is uh, the what it means is and that doctrine the point of sale doctrine is when you buy it at the point of sale you own it as opposed to this licensing licensing bullshit that we get with practically every other launcher and every other store what, what? where you have a limited limited account access to this thing and they could just as easily remove it from the store like we know that um the Telltale games have been have been pretty much removed from yeah. from stores, and it doesn't. And so it's like, well, if it's uh, and I think as far as I know, they still remain on your Steam account. I think you can still but download could, them, but yeah, like the, the, but they could they could just as easily remove it. I think anytime that's they want. Where it gets weirder at that point because I think that's, yeah they are technically taking something away from you. But like yes, like, let, let's take one step back too, and like even GOG, like it's the if, if you're downloading something off GOG, you. You have no physical copy of that game. Yeah, there's ways you could copy it to a disc for backup purposes or whatever. But like, my PSN account a, games aren't but real. But you get an actual DRM-free game that then, like, a version of the of the installer. I mean, that's the thing. You can download just the installer from GOG, and then put that on a computer that doesn't have GOG on it. You don't have to have GOG to play any of the games you buy off of GOG, and yep. that is another thing that is mm-hmm. kind of awesome. Yeah. Like, I can run, for example, I was playing some FTL this week as well, a little bit, faster than light, and I bought it through GOG, and but I didn't have to run the launcher to run the game. I don't have to do that at all. I could just install it. And so I, that's, a, that's the great thing about my GOG library. I know that I can just download every single installer and just have that on my computer and install it on whatever. It doesn't matter if I'm online or not, or if I have GOG and the GOG launcher installed. I don't need it. No. And that's what makes them the good guys, in my opinion. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will be curious to see how this works. Like, it's... From a moral well, standpoint, I've always wished I've actually used GOG more, because I don't... like. I like the DRM-free aspect of it, but also, if I'm buying a game, I'm not sure I necessarily care that much about DRM-free. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's the ability to play without actually, like, if I'm not online, and occasionally yeah. I'm not, like, if I, for example, remember when I was casting from yep. my parents' place. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I can't rely, I can't really necessarily rely on being able to be online, yeah. and I don't want to, so. Yeah, I, I mean, know. there the, again, The fact that like, I have to log into an online service to play an offline single-player game is yep. dumb. Yep, no one's arguing. Looking at you, one. Diablo three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, yeah. Yeah. Launchers. Fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Definitely that. All right. Um, moving on from that, we have kind of something equally financially based, and I, I know we kind of try and keep some global politics out of this podcast, but. This week has made that impossible. Yep, <laughs> and I—it's weird. Like it, it, this is kind of a culmination of all the times I have said, like, I want regulation, but I don't want the government to be the ones doing it. Here's why. So, uh, 
for those who live outside the U.S., uh, the president of the current current standing president in the U.S. is a big fan of tariffs. Those unclear what tariffs are. They're an excess tax applied to goods that come from various locations outside of your borders. Essentially, uh, tariffs are a somewhat normal thing. Uh, it's often meant as basically a deterrent. Yeah. in a certain sense, like it. See, it doesn't cost the other country anything, and that's that's where. The, the, the goal the of tariffs is really dumb. Yes, it, it doesn't. Yeah, it's just supposed to make people less likely to buy a product from this other country. Yeah. So, because it makes it artificially more expensive by levying a tax on it, and but it doesn't cost that other country. They don't pay that extra tax. Like, you know, a, a tariff on products coming out of whatever country. That country is not paying the tariff. We are. Yeah. We are. A lot of people. So for that. A lot of people confuse tariffs for like an import fee or something. No, like, yeah, the, the idea no, that you're not. going to pay for anything outside, anything in a country with tariffs means you are arbitrarily raising taxes or costs for the people inside of your country. It costs people outside of your country nothing for when tariffs are imposed. Like it, yeah, on paper it does hypothetically discourage the buying yeah. of certain goods. But, like, if I go to a grocery store and buy milk and there's a tariff on Canadian milk importing, I think it's just milk as far as I'm concerned and get confused when milk goes up $3 all of a sudden or something like that. Like, that's kind of how tariffs work, unfortunately. And Mm -hmm. I use the example of milk because where tariffs really kick you in the teeth is on specific goods. And... Yeah. There are some tariffs coming up, in the U.S. at least, that are going to be targeted at electronics made in China. Know what's made in China? Video game everything. consoles. Video game consoles. Freaking everything. Freaking everything. And, but yes, also video game consoles. to throw some math at you real quick, say a video game console costs $400. That's a pretty normal con- the price for your new slim, fancy video yeah. game console these days. The, Absolutely. The the twenty five percent tariff on that means for taxes before anything, that console now costs five hundred dollars. That's a lot. That's, that's a huge big jump. And twenty five percent isn't jump. much on like a replacement smoke detector or a thing for your home or like a a, a small purchase, which most of these things are kind of thing. It's when you get into yeah. more high end products that the tariffs go from being an annoyance to an active hindrance. And again, remember, this isn't affecting the providers of these goods. This is pa- this is a cost passed on directly to your consumer base, meaning, in this case, Nintendo, Xbox, and Sony aren't seeing any of this cost increase money. They're not paying any of this cost increase money. It's just assholes like me, Alex, and Henry who might want to go and buy the PS5 or the Xbox Scarlet or the Switch 2 that suddenly have to shell out more money that doesn't go towards the company we're buying from, goes directly to the government, which, depending on how you feel about them currently, is insult to injury at that point. And it's not, it's, all it's doing is dissuading you from buying something that, like, again, like, it's, it's a monopoly. Like, you can't buy locally sourced xboxes there's just xboxes and the dark reality is 
no company that does manufacturing like this is going to go, okay, cool, here's the U.S. branch. It just doesn't make sense. You would never bother doing that. And and what's even... Well, go ahead. No, and, and that's the fallacy of tariffs. They don't encourage you to bring stuff into the U.S. They just encourage you to go or where your local country is. They just encourage you to go, okay, fuck consumers. Got it. Yeah, and the really and the really thing about this that's that has a wider ranging effect is the fact that there are developers that are entirely dependent on people owning consoles. Yeah. Like many developers. I mean, yeah, we've been talking about PC games here, but there's a lot of games that are absolutely still console exclusive. Like, you know, that maybe even on you know, on both, you know, an Xbox and a PlayStation console, but are not available on the PC. I mean, you console know, like, exclusives well, are very real and very out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and 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 that that's a thing. And so you have developers that are really reliant on that. So they aren't only by dissuading people from buying consoles. They aren't only affecting you know some of the console sales. They're affecting devs here in the United States. That's 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 the real, and I think that's that's something that this article doesn't even talk about is the fact that this this tariff is not only a punishment on consumers; it is going to be a punishment to U.S. based developers, developers in this country, of which there's a lot. There's a lot of major video game developers here in this country, and this these tariffs on the video consoles will have that effect too. They are going to affect the sales. And that's the thing, it's like, it just goes to show you how dumb the Trump and his administration are, are about yeah. tariffs and about about economy in general. Yeah, because they aren't even, there's no thought of the wider-reaching implications of what this would do to an, a larger industry that, that's not just one product, it's other products that depend on this product. It would be like if we, uh, well... Well, I mean, it's it's just yeah, like I said, it's it's a further reaching. It's going to affect developers here, and they are going to have less sales. This will have a way depressive effect well, and, and on, so on the video game to industry. To use a very kind of real, tangible example for this, um, the new God of War that came out last year, critically acclaimed game. I fucking love it. I think Alex was okay with it. Don't know what your thoughts Console are. Console exclusive. I loved it. That yeah, was great. Like, Console exclusive. Console exclusive to the PS4. God of War mm -hmm. 2 is going to happen at some point. If I was yeah. Sony, I would probably try and be like, hey, the PS5 has been out for a full year, and God of War 2 is coming. It probably won't work out mm -hmm. that way. It'll probably be longer before God of War 2 happens. But yeah. you launch that game, and you go, okay, cool. This game will sell us some consoles. But now that a console costs an extra 25%, you have people like me going, man, I really want to play God of War 2, a, a game that's exclusive to that console. But I can't because I can't afford the thing to play it on yet, which still at 25% less is expensive. But like, man, I'm used to consoles costing X. I budgeted for that to be able to buy this. I can't buy that anymore. So it's not just the console that loses out. It's the studio that developed the game. And I know it's like, oh, then make all games not console. Sony's paying for that game. They could do whatever the fuck they want at that point. That game does not yeah, exist see, without Sony going, here's some money. Yeah. And so I'm just, yeah, and that's the thing. It's like it's a further-reaching implication, just like the dumb trade wars going on that are affecting all the farmers. Yeah. It's just the wide-ranging implications have not been considered when making any of this legis any of these economic decisions. It's, it's ham-fisted 
dumb, won't solve the problem it's supposedly yeah. trying to solve, will do nothing towards that, and will end up hurting both consumers and, as we've said, developers in this case. And developers based in this country as well as in other countries too. But it'll affect, because that's the thing, we're also consuming games developed in other countries too, and it's going to affect them all. And so I imagine once, I imagine a lot of these companies have already realized that about this, about this, and I imagine they're all already trying to craft some sort of a response to talk to the administration about it, because, all right, so I mean, at this point, the games industry is, is starting to eclipse the movie industry. It already has, as I far think. as like it's yeah, mm-hmm. but in, no, it, but, it, but in any case, that benchmark, yeah, we, we when it is that much of the economy, when it is actually a large percentage of your GDP, and you're about to kick that in the nuts, uh, I imagine some of these companies are probably going to be approaching the administration very, very soon. And, and, say, and that is no, the news this, article that this very long kind of lead-in has led us to, kind of in a, a almost dystopian feeling. This doesn't happen ever. Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo literally joined forces to tell the U.S. government how fucking wrong they were. Yeah. But I think what we're going to see is the developers are also going to be coming out too. But yeah, yeah, like it has brought the three together, realizing that in this case, we're all in the same boat. We're This affects us all. And yeah, they're, they're coming out. And you, you could ignore, you know, maybe some small little company. Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony are massive. And the three of them together, mm, you I mean, you gotta listen you yeah. you should probably listen to them. When they are when you've got three competitors all saying the same thing, there might be a point to it. Well so and let's get into that for a quick second. So they sent a formal letter kind of explaining kind of why this is boneheaded, and in that it spells out that because the 25% tariff, the overall tariff is expected to kind of wound up kind of, in, it will generate $300 billion in tariff money. Remember, that's $300 billion from the U.S., not from anyone else in the world. Keep that yep. in mind. And of that $300 billion, about $840 million would most likely be what the video game consuming community kind of winds up getting overcharged for on just consoles at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I really hate when the government takes punitive measures, but it's really just punishing regular people. It's not it's not it's, yeah. it always angers me. This is it's just a common thread in that the government will do th- something instead of you know, a tit for tat against, you know, people, you know, making these laws or the people that are involved in government and actually in policy, they just punish people. They just punish people over and over again. And, you know, I'm not going to launch into a large tirade on this because I thought So really to kind could, of put this but, into a funnier yeah. category, and like, this is not funny, this is serious, but like, did either of you ever follow the black market for rock band peripherals? Uh, I don't follow it. I'm very aware of it. Yeah. So, are you do you know this one at all, Alex? Say it uh, again. Kind of the black Canadian market for um, uh, rock band peripherals and Guitar Hero peripherals. There's a black Canadian. There's a black market for Canadian peripherals. So it's, it's, it's is the Canadian black market for Guitar Hero peripherals. So when that game came out, there were ups, like 
a, a rock band controller, uh, the setups for those things cost a ridiculous overpriced amount in Canada. So you had people yeah. that were driving down across the border to clear out game stops of their entire supplies and then selling mm-hmm. them at like twice the price up in Canada and still being cheaper than retail. Like, yep. this is how you get there. This is how you have me suddenly going, I'm going to go to Canada and buy me a PS5. Yep. <laughs> Fucking import consoles from Canada now. God damn it. I mean, that's, I mean, that's already happening in some countries yeah. as it is. Because consoles are very expensive in some countries, like, like I mean, I've mentioned Brazil before. Yeah. Because the consoles there just l- literally cost a year's salary. Yeah. New, and so yeah. Yeah. I, this, I see. My thing is, I don't necessarily don't want the government getting involved. I want the government getting involved when they are in communication with the parties actually affected, like that, so that we end up with nuanced legislation instead of dumb shitty legislation like like these tariffs like like i said like you know and i even said this last week and i've said it multiple times now in that i want a conversation going on between the parties involved that is the government the producers and the consumers and that's where we can get nuanced legislation that actually does the thing it's supposed to do but well, and so, and if you thought that was enough political stuff for this week, I'm sorry, we got another one for you. And this one's a little, I don't want to say kind of zanier, but it's weirder, and I think makes it a little less kind of, it's still incredibly what the fuck. It's, it's, it's eccentric. Yeah, so the, the tariff stuff is all going on. That's happening off with China and other countries that do large manufacturing. Uh, for those who missed it, uh, the U.S. is picking a fight with Iran and Syria these days. And... A byproduct of that is that you can't play League of Legends in those two countries because sanctions cover League of Legends access, apparently. I didn't even know it's... those games were super popular in those countries, but popular enough there's a new that it got out there in the news of, yeah, so this is a thing. I mean, that's and... odd, but okay. Yeah. There again, it's a simply, it's, it's another example of what I was just saying earlier in that the government punishing people, like regular people that have nothing to do with the sort of this tit for tat thing of these of this dick measuring contest between dumbass fucking leaders of countries. I mean, it just it just it continually pisses me off. It's like, why punish video game players because you guys can't decide who has the smaller dick? I mean, I, and like it just, and to, and to put this one kind of into kind of a bizarre, like, not bizarre, sorry, put like add more flavor to this one. So I'm not sure how recently it was, but Iran is now part of the um, EUW, the uh, kind of the European West League community, meaning like it has esports hypothetically. Mm-hmm. It, it's part of a larger, mostly European based server network and stuff like. Uh, from a like purely bizarre category, and this kind, of, and this maybe kind of goes back to what we were talking about a couple minutes ago. The idea of you don't actually own games anymore. Like you can't access the servers that everyone else in your area can. That might not even be located in the U.S. because the parent company is based in the U.S. But this is where it gets dumber. But a hundred percent owned by Tencent, a Chinese company. Yeah. 
And so it's just the whole thing is dumb on its face. It's punishing the people who have no, who aren't doing these things. They aren't the people involved in this dumb contest between dumb leaders. It's the people, I mean, the, it's like even a quote from the article. It's just like people don't have anything to do with it. The players aren't the ones enacting this stuff. And you're going to punish them like, what does that fucking accomplish? Yeah. I mean, it's not, you're not going to turn the people against the government for disallowing them. I mean, it's not going to foment some sort of rebellion because they can't play League of Legends. You're just going to have a lot of sad people that have now been cut off, maybe, from actually something that was probably, in a, can be positive. I mean, yeah, I've talked, I've joked about how the League of Legends community can be really toxic, but you know what? It's also can be a, opportunity for people from different countries to hang out and communicate with each other and it just goes a lot towards humanizing uh, humanizing interactions uh, I don't know it's just and League of Legends is not the only game that's affected but it's just the one that's come up in the news because it is a still one of the largest widely played games in the world it just is yeah it's it's it is the esports equivalent of soccer and that it's just really widespread. It's not necessarily super popular in every single country that exists, but it's pretty darn popular in most countries. Just because we don't care about it does not mean it's not exceptionally popular. Yeah. And yeah. exceptionally important in the global spectrum of things. Like, it is... Like None of us play CSGO. CSGO is also a monstrous game. Like, I sort yeah. of play Rainbow Six Siege. That's one of the biggest games out there that none of us ever talk about. Like, yeah. We're fucking sitting here talking about indie games like World of Warcraft and Destiny 2 by comparison. Because <laughs> yeah. we're real gamers as I push my glasses up my nose. Yeah, put on my fedora. Yeah, exactly. I... So mm -hmm. we got one more political thing to kind of slog through. This one's a little bit lighter than the previous ones. And then I promise you we'll have a real fun news article. It'll be uplifting. Yeah. We'll have some other fun lifting ones. But thank you for bearing with us through all of this. I. This is actually kind of more of a follow-up to something we talked about previously, and that it is South Korea's game-boosting laws, which were, to kind of summarize the whole thing at the time, it, when we first talked about this, God, like, it was like a year ago at this point, maybe, but probably not that long, yeah. like six months or so, I, South mm, Korea was um, talking about, yeah. Was, uh, yeah, South Korea was talking about putting into legislative kind of action the idea that boosting accounts, or uh, accessing online game accounts to boost aka kind of power leveling your character via pros or whatever the fuck doesn't matter was going to be officially illegal in south korea we probably played it up more for a joke because who the fuck cares but then kind of it was spelled out more in detail that like it's considered more con like, because of how internet access works in south korea it's actually kind of indirectly a form of identification fraud and stuff like that like it's the you yes require a state-issued id to access the internet which we thought was kind of restrictive but when you're misrepresenting yourself that way it makes sense and esports is such a big deal in south korea when you take mm. a step back and wipe away all our bullshit podcaster yucking it up it doesn't not make sense actually in kind of a yeah, yeah i kind of get it kind of way and we actually have a follow-up to that whole concept this week that a makes it a little less dystopian than we probably joked about it being but b yeah. really kind of hammers down why this is actually important. And it has passed. It will come with an 18,000 fine and 
two years kind of suspended prison sentence if you break the rule. But it really is directly aimed at discouraging the kind of identity fraud stuff and the hazards yeah. that come with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is nuanced. I mean, there's there's nuance where the it, the not everything is in the hands of the government. There is some trade-off. I mean, for example, certain uh, certain parts and as far as the how illegal an action is or if it yeah. can, is considered legal depends on for one part the game developer the game developers rules or what regulations on that like if they're more allowing or less allowing on it like they can decide how strict they want it to be by determining by their by the basically the contract you know every game you play has a has some sort of an end user agreement and in this case it depends partially on that what the game developers decided uh, whether payment was made and how often it was done. So there's, so it's not just a ham-fisted thing. It sounds like this is a very nuanced yeah. and and thoughtful approach that they probably were in contact. And I know, actually, I know that they were in contact with game developers and esports, you know, people to have a better view of this, so that they don't just hop in and do something that doesn't actually solve the problem. In this case, it seems like they really took into account everybody's perspectives, and it makes a lot of sense because esports is, as you said, such a large, you know, very important thing in South Korea. Large part of the, you know, an increasing amount of the economy, you know, of the GDP is from esports, and as well as trade and stuff. I mean, it's so it's important that there are some laws in effect to deal with some of the darker implications of what this you know what can allow as such as you said a lot about identity fraud yeah and identity theft yeah there's a great again like read into as much as you want like, there's a great chart on reddit as part of kind of it's easy to find you can just google it to find it that's how i did that breaks down kind of the severity of what the law covers and yeah and that's the foot at the bottom like here's companies that allow some of the stuff that this law says is illegal which means it's fine but as far as the laws look is kind of thing like, it's, yeah and the laws we bring it covers the concept of like smurfing, where it's like, yeah, you you it's like you're allowed to have more than one account so long as the company's cool with that. Like we get it, you yeah. want to play low tier with your friends, fine. Mm -hmm. Yep, like I mean, it mentions yeah that yeah for Overwatch, for example, unlikely to be affected because in that case they they're cool with it. They don't care that you create a second account to like you said, whatever, play with your friends that don't play very often or whatever. Um, it's also not going to be applied retroactively. Yeah. So get your crime time in prior to this podcast going up. <laughs> it's in effect now. But, yeah, this is, this, is their, this is a case of good legislation. Yeah, it's... A thoughtful legislation that, you know, should happen. It's legislation I'm not sure we're capable of in the U.S. because it would require someone to, like, bring a gamer into a lawmaker room and be like, what's annoying about boosting? They'd be like, fucking Smurf accounts, man! Yeah, but, I mean, it is, I mean, as we mentioned, like, even, like, now Bernie Sanders has even, like, made a statement on, you know, video games and crunch. He has a Twitch channel so, now! Yeah, I mean, that's... It, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 I mean, that's the thing. He has a... But yeah, that that we hopefully see more of this, you know, actual recognition that yep. you can't ignore video games as this little niche thing in the corner. It is now a gargantuan monster 
elephant that you cannot ignore. And we should, instead of, you know, ham-fisted ignorance, you know, thoughtful cooperation. <laughs> you know, what a concept. But anyway. <laughs> As promised, here is your first kind of fluffy, nice, uplifting news article. And it's truly weird that we have this. EA executives are giving up their bonuses to allow Anthem to maybe pull it off. I'm... I don't believe it, personally. <laughs> I think it's a, hey, we saw Nintendo did this a while ago. We could do this, too. Yeah. Oh, no. Like I, I, The little notes for this show reads, EA executives give up bonuses, dot, dot, dot. Did we just jump timelines? Is this actually the Shadow Realm? Like, that was my reaction to reading all this bullshit. Like, We'll see if it actually happens. They've gotten out there and said that. Like, it's been a weird week for Anthem. We have, like, executives, some of the most, like, cancel-happy people out there going, like, yeah, Anthem didn't have a great start, but, like, in, like, a 10-year perspective, a bad launch can be forgiven. And you're like, who the fuck are you people? You're EA. You're supposed to be like, well, this game's a failure. We only sold 5 million units. We wanted 7. End it. Yep. Yeah, it's definitely interesting, but it's let's just say that these these executives are making in the millions. Yes, and as it stands, I, giving up a bonus. I mean, I I'm I all right. So to a certain extent, I'm like okay, good, but also I'm like, it's not like you're they're really giving sacrificing here. Oh, they're no, not I, really sacrificing. Like, and that's so that, that gets, should also be clear. This is where this gets it weird. It may be a decent thing, but it's not like they've actually really given something up that's like life changing. Yeah, it, it, they've the kind given of, up the summarized a million idea. dollar bonus on the multi million dollar yearly salary that already exists. Yeah, it, it, it to is, build so. off that, the idea of executive salary, the executive bonuses are like it's extra money. The company gives executives on top of what they're already being paid and on top of other stuff. It's literally bonus. Like, it is, and I'm not being driven. Just, it, it's essentially like corporate tipping, except like tipping at most jobs that have tipping is like four or five bucks, depending on what your job yeah. is. And this is like corporate tipping in the, I guess I'll go buy that new Lamborghini this year because I got spending money. Fun yeah. money all of a sudden. Yeah, it's. We're not here to talk about corporate kind of pay structures and stuff because it's gross and it, it's. It's what makes stuff like the Activision layoffs this year so bad. It's partially kind of what seemed to happen to Telltale to a certain extent. But, it, like, companies that have been struggling, you've heard stories of executives still taking bonuses and payoffs and yep. whatever kind of thing. And yep. whether or not this is actually to be believed or it's too good to be true, I, in a year that EA has not done well, the fact that the company is willing to officially get out there and say, like, executive bonuses are canceled, they're keeping the money in the company for company reasons, shouldn't be something that shocks us, because that's, like, you know, how businesses should work, and maybe executive bonuses shouldn't exist anyway, but... yep. In a year of the big companies doing fucking scummy ass shit, this is good less guy scummy. Yet? 
well, uh, less, slightly less scummy EA. It's wiping the slime off before it comes in the door. I, I'm gonna hold oh, yeah, my you absolutely should. This like, one. this is... Like, anytime anything corporated says, like, look at this nice thing we're doing, you should be like, okay, cool. Skeptical. Yeah, how many baby Skeptical seals did the, you kill out of that aggravation group. over this? Like, yeah. 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 Yeah, that's... Yeah. Not to belabor that point. I, speaking of kind of that same, that's that similar vein of withholding skepticism. Um, remember when Doctor Disrespect broke all those laws specific to California that like probably should be a serious offense and Twitch should take seriously. Yep, he's back. Yeah, because he makes the money. Yep. It's money. I mean. It's. I mean, they're owned by Amazon now, and so yeah, they're they just care about money. They've made it very clear in a lot of their pick and choose rule enforcement, which just they're so inconsistent in their enforcement of rules, and it's all based around money, and it's maddening. But I mean, yeah, I guess that's just the thing everywhere. But, yep. Yeah. <laughs> So let me let me put this out here real quick because I'm 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 shocked. We're here. all shocked. We're, we're we're talking about a company here that has no problem with people breaking the rules with near nudity. Mm -hmm. We have one where high big names can say really offensive things, and they're still streaming, and then one of their big time streamers breaks the rules, and not just the platform rules. Laws. With state rules, laws, laws, actual laws, and and they're still on the platform I, after being gone. It's, for just, a few it's days. just meaningless. It's just I, I'm just trying to wrap my head around this because I never saw I, this kind. I understand your shock on this one, Alex. And I think it's also worth kind of bringing it up as part of this, if you will. Like we don't actually know what the fallout from the kind of legal aspects of this might be. Like, mm -hmm. as far as I know, the kind of California state law aspect of this is not settled as of yet. I, I could be wrong about that, but and and it's not like all right. So it's not. I don't. I don't know if it's a felony or a misdemeanor. Even it's, I assume anything involving children. That's what the law is kind of based around. Usually a felony. Is normally a felony, and those take a little more time to get off the ground, for better or worse. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I don't, I, I don't think we've heard the last of this. And I, for one, am looking forward to the um, fucking Doctor Disrespect stands getting out there and just being like, "You did nothing wrong. You want to film in bathrooms?" Yeah, but it doesn't matter. It's against the law. Yeah. <laughs> What do you no. mean it's illegal? You can film in bathrooms. No, I'll, like, I'll go one step further. The fuck, it's that's the also just sort of like that's something as a common sense sort of a thing, as a decent person sort of thing. You don't do. Yeah, anyways. I was gonna say like the why, like what about that bathroom? You're like, I need to fucking film in this bathroom. Like the only instances I can think of make this whole conversation worse. Where it's like the only thing filmed in a bathroom should be drug deals or porn. <laughs> and I think both of those violate Twitch I, yeah. and other legal rules, especially like in this case. <laughs> like those yeah, are the only two I acceptable mean, things to film in a bathroom. It just, it just really irritates me when it's just so trans. When they're so transparent with how much 
money means to them more than actually being consistent or actually adhering to their own rules. Yeah. I mean, I've seen people banned for bullshit. I've seen people like have temporary bans for like like seeing a a digitized booby on screen. Seriously. My pearls. Yeah, seriously. I've seen people like you know, face suspensions for showing a like an eight bit pixelated booby on screen for a moment, and 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 then for them to be like, which is not le- illegal at all, and for them to to allow something literally illegal simply because the streamer makes them money, it's just maddeningly transparent on how much they just. The rules don't matter if you if you're a money. If Maybe you're you can answer this money. one for me. How do you stream The Witcher 3? What do you mean? Well, so that game is chock full of boobs. Like, to get real sophomoric for a second. Like, and I know people have streamed that game in to an obscene degree. How do you stream that game when, like, a mar- a, a, maybe not the main port of that game, but, like, a large chunk of that game for some people is, like, yeah, you can see some naked ladies. Well, I'll, I'll tell you how. It goes with also they don't enforce shit if it's a game that's popular. Gotcha. Seriously, like same thing. Like I found, like for example, they they banned um, Yandere Simulator from being streamed, which is just violence, and that's not even the main part of the game. The real main part of the game is actually sort of psychological warfare. If you actually like care yeah. to play the game, you can still download it free. It's mainly psycholo- heavily psychological warfare. The killing thing is actually has pretty big repercussions. Like if you get caught at all, it's pretty much game over. And so it's mm-hmm. actually rec- like if you actually want to play the game proper and like make it through to anything, you kind of have to avoid that for the most part. Or be, and then you have you know there again like The Witcher is fine, GTA Five, which has actual horrible torture. The, the, you know, where he's yeah. ripping out somebody's teeth with a with a fucking wrench, with a with a not a wrench but a pliers, and it's horrifying. And no, that's totally cool to scream. And there, there again, The Witcher. Yeah, they only enforce stuff when it's not making them money. That's it. I mean, that's Twitch. I'm I am shocked that a company like Amazon would do such a thing. Shocked, I say. Shocked. Shocked. Appalled. Flabbergasted, even. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know how else to be fucking sarcastic without literally just saying the tagline yeah. sarcastic. Yeah. I'm ready for more Twitch news? We're going to keep beating this one for a bit. Sure, Twitch. I, so so kind, of, kind of a on. smaller footnote, but like to come full circle on a joke we've had on this channel for a little, or not channel, podcast for a little bit now. Uh, Twitch is gonna. Twitch has launched. Has launched. I think by now, the time you're hearing this, a concept of subscribers only streams, meaning we uh, are just years away from going private on Twitch. Yeah, uh, uh, I think it's. I think it's something that they've been actually kind of needing for a while. I think it makes a lot of sense. Oh no! It, it just further drives home the fact that Twitch tech is street is um camgirl tech. <laughs> everything twitch does it's revolutionary cam girl sites have done for cam yep. sites i guess have done for yep. the better part of a decade like fucking bits and tipping that's been done like private streams okay yeah 
once you can go one on one with fucking Doctor Disrespect in a in a limited access stream, that's when it gets gross. Yeah, well, I mean, it, they're they're going to be equally police as any other stream. Oh, that yeah. is to say, with the same uneven bullshit that they've always enforced. But yeah, I mean, it's yep. it's there again. It's a natural progression because it already exists in other streaming platforms. I would like to announce that um, SWS's videos, once I get them back up and running again, will be streaming through Cam Soda because they have <laughs> more progressive rules than Twitch does. <laughs> Plexstorm, Plex hello. Yeah, but we're, we're adding Cam Soda. We're just covering everything now at this point. Oh, we're just hitting yeah. all the platforms? Everyone. Perfect. Just just hit them all. I think Cam Soda allows gaming videos. Fuck it. I hope they do. they do. Too. That'd be a funny thing to add to our repertoire. <laughs> but yeah, that's enough about Steam. Or not Steam, uh, Twitch for a second, sorry. Uh, it seems like a moot point at this point, but we got to mention it. Uh, that Steam Summer Sale has been a fucking mess for a lot of people. Yep. I believe it may be over the time you're hearing this, but I, due to kind of a bad explanation and people overreacting a little bit, uh, there was panic amongst the developer community because Steam said, hey, if you win, you'll get a free game, and it wasn't clear how that worked exactly. Uh, from, from the wish list. Yeah, from your wish list. Sorry. Yeah, from your it's wish just your list. top game. It's not randomly picked from your wish list. Although that would be amazing in its own dark way. Yeah, but <laughs> I, it led to mass deletion and kind of panic amongst developers of people just clearing out their wish lists, which are relied on pretty heavily during Steam summer sales to generate funds. You know, it kind of makes sense yep. to give a discount if you suddenly have a thousand more sales of that game. But yep, are either of you too heavily involved in this one this year or no? Nah? Yeah, uh, no, I'm, no. I'm taking part in it. It's it's kind of cool. There's this Grand Prix notion. Which where team did you roll? I am team. Let me think. Uh, uh, Corgi. I am also on Corgi. Awesome. Corgi is dominating. Yeah, everything I, I, right I, I yeah, literally googled are. which team is dominating the Grand Prix and went with that one because I signed. I up. chose it because several of my Steam friends are already on there, so I was like, oh, okay. I'll just join the one that all my friends are doing. I wanted to but... go pig for personal reasons because I find a racing pig pretty entertaining, but. Mm. It, it, I'm not betting on Pig when one's obviously in the lead. See, I I picked Corgis honestly because I like Corgis. I mean, they are it's one of my favorite dog breeds. I think that's born in part to Cowboy Bebop sure. having one of the best Corgi characters Makes ever. Ein is a is a cupcake. He's a special cupcake, and he's amazing. But yeah, I like Corgis. Yeah, so. Yeah, Team Corgi. So, <laughs> the ARG we're doing for Steam, it's been kind of away for a couple years. They've not done it quite as aggressively. Did either of you two miss it, really? Like, I missed it because I had never, like, by the time I got into actually actively using Steam again, they'd stopped doing it. I'm like, oh, man, where's the weird bullshit? And it's back. And I'm like, oh, this is the weird bullshit? Okay. Like, it was just something that you felt was lacking from the sale process at this point. Mm. No, that's a question. Mm. Hmm. Like, I don't know. I mean, they always do weird. Not stuff, always. Like it's been it's been heavily reduced. This is the most weird stuff they've done in a couple sales. Yeah, it's usually that's pretty. It's accurate. usually their summer sale that they they pull out something big like this. It used to be the winter I mean, one though too, and like they've not done a like full on crazy winter one in several years. They've done like watered down versions, but nothing quite as extravagant. Yeah. 
Yeah. So the thing that I've always enjoyed for the summer sale as actually hasn't even been either the sale or the shit they do mm-hmm. on Steam. It's the YouTube videos that people make prior to leading up to the Steam summer sale with like what's the Lord of the Rings battle with the the was it Helm's the Deep thing? or whatever yeah. they call it? Yeah. Yeah. When they do that and it's like you're you're a Steam or you're a person who has your like hold don't buy until it's under sixty six percent and like they have this whole thing where it's just the meme on that. That's what I prefer way more. No, it's summer fair. My, my my favorite joke of the summer sale was like guy turn like, a guy logs into Steam. It's like summer sale. It's like okay, cool. And then a picture of Gaben pops up on his monitor, just smiling. He's like, no, no, Gaben, don't don't do it. Like this chain drops out of the computer's hard drive. It's like no, I'll, I'll behave. It starts beating the dude to the wall. It flies up and gets emerged into the monitor. I'm like, that is how Steam feels occasionally. Yeah, yeah. But that that part's always been funny to me. It's just like all the weird memes that come from it. So the one like, meme that's used every sale. Fair mm-hmm. enough. But... Well, yeah, it's the one meme of the wallet. But they do it in such Fair unique, enough. fun ways. That's my thing. <laughs> Especially funny yep. because Steam is digital purchases. Like imagine if you had to pay in actual cash. Mm. Mm. I would fucking love that actually. Send us money, and we may send you video games. <laughs> it's surprise mechanics. Yes. You want to bother talking about the Pokemon stuff, or just want to mention it kind of in passing? Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not super into Pokemon myself. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Don't, on that at, one. don't at me. Don't at me. Yeah, I. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mostly enjoyed the outrage this week over. That's why I thought I'd bring it up. Like I, to summarize real quick, they're not fixing the Pokedex. Shut up about it. Uh, yeah. yeah, I read about it. I did read about it though. Um, yep. Yeah. But nope. <laughs> they're, they're not adding right. more Pokemon to the game. That's all that. That's all there is to add. Like, stop harassing people about that. That's actually the more important story. We can leave that in for a more topic we actually want to talk about. Like. The, the level of vitriol and harassment aimed at Game Freak, where it's like, we're not doing this thing. We must personally attack the people that work for Game Freak. That's fucked up. That's something, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, especially when you got in the same week, Bungie getting out there and saying, yeah, weapon balances take so long because we don't want to put our fucking people through hell to make it happen. Like, we're sorry yep. Lord of Wolves is broken, but it's going to be that way till August because that's when the next major patch goes out and we're not going to, like, launch a specialty patch just for competitive Crucible, which I respect as someone who got fucking shotgun aped last night with a bunch of Lord of Wolves user. It's still annoying, but, I, you know, it's less annoying now that they're like, no, we, we're trying not to make our people's lives hell. I'm like, I can respect yeah. that. Yeah, and that's cool. I'm glad that Bungie... Now that they've another sign that they've broken away from the evil ones, man, I I want to <laughs> believe the hype. Like it's, I I want to believe that all of the like bullshit you've heard about over the years is an Activision thing, and it very well may be. But like, I'm just so fucking cynical at this point that yeah, I, I can't I can't get away from it. Like it's, I can understand that, especially when it's like it's. It seems so prolific in the industry that it's the same week we had up this come a triarch that was like, yo, we abuse the shit out of our QA department and like invite them to parties to kick their asses out after half an hour. 
and say you can't drink or eat anything because that's for fucking closers, essentially. We don't have to go the fuck back to work. Yeah. I'm being hyperbolic, and but not really. See, on the flip side of that, we have news about, well, a nice, there again, Kotaku doing some really good in investigative yeah. journalism. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to close it out with some nice news for you this week. But, uh, but yeah, I just, but yeah, just, just to mention it really quickly. Apparently, like, the, the Treyarch has, it, who are known for like the Call of Duty series, have been really terrible about crunch, and QA bears the brunt of that. Apparently, like they don't get to because they're all kind of considered contractors. They don't get to participate in decisions and other even social stuff, and are kind of like pariahs. Mm. But then they they bear the brunt of crunch because all the testing has to go through them. I mean, for me. I love QA. They are li- literally lifesavers, and I could not do that job. There's no way I could do their job. I would lose my mind, and I'm surprised that more of them don't. But in any case, <laughs> the, it's, it's, the, it is such an overly valuable thing. It's like, it's got to be something you value. But yeah, uh, some companies don't value humans. So yeah, but there, there's a long story, full story on Kotaku. Worth a read. It's depressing but worth a read there again Kotaku doing some fantastic actual like like investigative journalism and good job well done <laughs> but yeah but to close out on a high note this week uh, we got two more stories of I guess three more I can throw one on here of great kind of gaming based people doing good things uh, Humble Bundle reached 150 million mark for charities which is fucking awesome remember they sell video games and other games too technically and and now you know the humble bundles are I a lot of book bundles forget that they moved into like weird hardware like weird software stuff as well yeah and i have lots of the book bundles let's just say i have like like uh, over 100 books yeah. now from them that i've only read 25 percent of at this point and so yeah. but yeah in any case fantastic well done you know, you they give to different charities, so it's not all to a single charity. It's to many different ones, but very cool. What a what a uh, you know very we're very well done to them. Yeah, this also comes on the heels of like uh, Guardian Con, the convention for Destiny players. Like they've been doing lots of shit with Saint Jude. I think they're, I think they passed yeah. the million dollar mark for funds raised for that this year or something. Yeah, they crushed yeah, it this they, year at Guardian Con. They yeah, not, and, super cool. What I always thought was cool is that like the community for that game gets really behind doing the St. Jude stuff. Like one of my with a few Destiny streamers I follow, my name is Bife, or I guess more YouTuber. Like he's very aggressive at like once a year it's time to fucking beat you over the head with St. Jude shit. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I always give him points for that because it's the stuff he does is not for everyone, but he's willing to be like, no, no, you fucking like my work, go donate to kids, do it. Super cool. Yeah. And on that same train, Square Enix. They're doing stuff to help raise money for first responders. Which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that that's fucking great. And they're teaming up with Lieutenant Dan. Is that who yeah. it is? Yeah, Gary, Gary Sinise. I yeah, don't know actor names, that, so it's like, okay, who the fuck is Gary yeah. Sinise? <laughs> that, that, that. Ice cream! We're gonna yeah, save he, the children, Square Enix. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 been involved in charities and in charity work for a long time. It's it's very it's obvious. I mean, this is his foundation. It's a passion project for him, 
And it's super cool that Squeenix are teaming up yeah. on that. That's awesome. You can go to their to the Final Fantasy fourteen website now and donate. I, it's mm-hmm. worth noting they are only saying they're going to match up into a certain point, but yeah, yeah, that's still fine. fine. It's, I yeah. mean, match is yeah, it's, it's not some there. It's quite a fucking yeah. It's still cool. Like they're they're, they're matching donations up to fifty thousand bucks, which ain't nothing. Yeah, the website that brings them both together is warriorsinthedarkness.com. And that is the website that, I mean, if you go just to the Final Fantasy XIV website, you'll have something about it. But this is the sort of combined effort website that you can go to. And I, I'm and, really and glad the person more. that designed that designed the normal Final Fantasy XIV website did not make this website, because this would be a failure if they did that. This is actually usable. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. This is, this is actually a nice informational website. Find out more about the charity. Fantastic stuff. I mean, awesome. Just awesome. Yeah. Just absolutely lovely. I mean, that's the thing. I like having, you know, we actually had, you know, there's a good bit. I liked it when we gave it to cover quite yeah, a bit of good nice. news. I mean, like I said, the GDC, uh, the, the Games Done Quick thing, the GDQ thing is just absolutely amazing. Yep. What they've raised just in one year or what, in one week. And yeah, to hear stuff like this as well. I mean, hey, awesome. You know, Square Enix is an interesting company. I'll say that. They definitely pull off some interesting stuff but yeah super mm. cool uh, this this part this this team up here yeah. so that does it for news this week and i apologize for not sending this to you last week when i was out we do actually have some emails that date back to last week all right yes. oh cool ready for emails yeah yeah if you wanted to email us alex how would you go about doing that um you would simply pull up an email client if you're choosing and you just go on there and you type uh, wickedawesomecast at gmail.com for the email address. Did email again, um, Henry? That is wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. And if you were hearing impaired and couldn't understand what you just said, where can you find those? Uh, bottom of the show notes, etc., etc. We've got a bunch of anonymous this week. Uh, we love getting anonymous mm-hmm. emails. We love emails, period. But mm-hmm. this comes in. Dear Wicked Awesome Cast. I cannot remember if this was you three or the internet that exposed me to the idea of that post-Game of Thrones season 8, there are a bunch of kids now named after one of pop culture's most prolific mass-murdering war criminals. But if it is, but if it's a thought that I had, but it is a thought that I have found incredibly amusing since my daughter is in a daycare group with not one, but two Daenerys's. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. Post-season I... 8, one of them has begun going by Dan, uh, Danielle, which I can only assume is a parent's decision. Uh, yeah. my, hus- my husband and I joke about mm. how about giving our kids, um, about, joked about giving our kids reference names, but chose not to for reasons that we thought were obvious. But now I want to know if any of you have had, have any good stories about parents naming their kids about references or have known someone whose name was a reference. Well, I mean, I know the, the, the fun story and the good story I have about that is, you know, Robin Williams' daughter, Zelda, is named after Zelda, is named after the video game Legend of Zelda, Zelda. That is, that is why mm-hmm. she has that name, and that's so lovely. I love Robin Williams. Um, and that's kind of, that's a really kind of good thing. But Zelda, it's not like Zelda is a, 
name that's never been used. It's just yeah. not as common anymore. I mean, there's a main character in uh, Great Gaps, Gatsby named Zelda, yeah. right? I think so. I can remember that. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's been too long since I've read I, that. Like I, I have something decades. more on brand with kids named Daenerys. Okay. I, okay. I I know someone who had to actively convince his wife not to name their first son Sephiroth. Oh! oh we're gonna go I, 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 I think all names count. My, my, uh, one of my uh, classmates in high school uh, years later had a kid, and his kid's name oh, is Eris. Like, you know a fucking Eris, and you do. I, oh, I, no. I don't know what it is about that I game do. that brings out people naming their kids after it. Also, hilariously, mm-hmm. you'll find other possibly others named Aerith because there's never I've heard both because there's yeah. there's never been a consensus on exactly yeah. which one it's supposed to be I, as far as the romanization. <laughs> yeah. I've heard others. Uh I mean I have more friends that I, I chose mean, to go like the Peter Parker approach where they like have the double like the what what's that called the alliteration thing for it where uh, their, yeah. their last name and their first name start with that as like an homage to that um I knew a Kent growing up who had an Uncle Clark. Mm. Uh, there was a news story recently about a woman who graduated with a PhD and her name is Marijuana Pepsi. Of course it is. <laughs> I... And she said she's not changed her name because yeah, fuck I... that. She, I made it that far said. at that point. Fucking roll with it. I, I, yep. I have a co-worker... Pepsi. I have a coworker who wanted to name his kid after um, one of the Conquerors or something like that. Like he pushed hard for some nerd reference names, which do you, I guess, but also like make sure they're obscure enough that it takes more than two seconds to Google it. Mm-hmm. See, my my rule, you know, if I, I don't have kids, but my rule for naming is like don't name anybody anything that is too easily made fun yeah, of. Yeah, rhyme it a couple times in your head. Yeah, like yeah, like Bart can't make up, can't mess with Bart. Uh, Alex, I, I regret to inform you that there are numerous ways to mess with Bart. It's it's a Simpsons reference. Yes. but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah like like that. for example, like my name, it doesn't really rhyme with anything. Like Henry, the Y at the end it, is a nice breaker. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 kind of like orange. Not a whole lot's gonna rhyme with it, and it's kind of hard to make fun of. I mean, yeah. so I actually in that in that way, like I got I I'm kind of happy with my name. I mean, let let's say that there's some nicknames made off of it, but nothing bad because it doesn't rhyme with anything. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they, think about it. <laughs> I, I I fucking love the fact that there are kids out there named after Daenerys that, <sighs> like. I, I get it, but also like, don't fucking do that to a kid. Like, enough time. And here's the problem too. Like that thing was so pop culture penetrating. Third graders will know to make fun of your kid for being named Daenerys and be like, you got to burn. On one hand, the trash talk of a bunch of like fucking eighth graders being like, yo, you got burn King's Landing after this Daenerys is a great mental image, but also. That yeah. seems like a cruel fate for a kid. Yep. Where's your dragon? Yeah. Which they will hear oh, I literally would... forever. Literally forever. On the flip side, though, too, like, 
where is your dragons is one of the least annoying things you could be asked over and over. Cause, like, fuck you, idiot. Yeah. It's not say, great. Hey, whoa, but... don't kill the whole classroom. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Ugh. <laughs> uh. Thank you for that email, Anonymous. We got another one. Dear people who provide me with horrible ways to distract myself with the internet. <laughs> After the last podcast, I thought Charlie was full I thought Charlie was full of shit and set out to prove to myself there couldn't possibly be multiple Instagram accounts dedicated to hatred to those electric scooter things. <laughs> Sadly, he is right, and now I have watched multiple hours of people throwing scooters off roofs lighting them on fire, and in general, just destroying them either accidentally or very intentionally. <laughs> Henry mentioned that this is a super legal, that's a super legal, and as a second-year law student, I would like to confirm that he is completely correct about this, and, <laughs> and want to put out that to the, to the people that they are literally documenting acts of vandalism they are conducting. Theft and vandalism, yeah. and just multi- there's, there's a nice cluster of laws here all being broken at the same time they do not have e-scooters where i live so the phenomenon of hatred and destruction is fascinating but confusing to me since it seems like people being dicks to scooters which is actually caused the scooters <laughs> to become a public nuisance you also can lose some amount of proximity to scooters can you explain the circular the, the circular seeming problem to me so i don't have to watch more videos of shitty teenagers kicking over e-scooters while screaming fuck you scooters i uh, for me it's the fact that they're dangerous wildly dangerous yeah i i, I guess I, because they they go fast yeah i, guess I, I so mean like, little personal antidote story time uh they they go they go 20 miles per hour yeah, I, and that is startlingly fast pretty- for something that is that has no protection on it whatsoever and is not very stable i mean motorcycles way more stable yeah, than these freaking things I, so as like minor yeah. personal story times so where my parents live now i think it's like five or six years back they started doing segway tours and mm. of the area because it's a nice part of town etc cetera, etc cetera. and yeah initially the segway tours were done on the sidewalk and like I, I hope no one listening to this has ever been hit by someone riding a Segway because those things are heavy enough and move fast enough mm. it mm. fucking hurts and it's enough to break a bone or hospitalize you like it like worst case scenario if you hit like if you were at full speed and you hit like a 70 year old you could kill them hypothetically, and oh, yeah. this was a real problem. And a law got passed locally that basically banned segways on the sidewalks. And the segway people threw fucking tantrums where it's like, "Well, people won't go on this anymore because it's not safe to ride them in the street." And they're like, "No, it's not safe to ride these." Period. And the kind of then they put bike lanes in, and now like the exception is they can be in the bike lanes, but they have to mm-hmm. move out of the bike lanes when they're stationary because bicyclists kept running into them justfully so they'd come around a corner and they'd fucking stop to be like look at this historic bullshit dude yeah scooters yep. are that but worse in my mind so like it, they go way faster they go way real faster. fast and so like i suspect you've seen this now having watched so many scooter videos like i i don't follow the ones that are just people destroying scooters because you're right that's fucking people being shitty and stuff like that it's the video it's the instagram that documents 
people like just doing fucking hit and run on people on the scooters I follow because like I, I have now seen I think at least on two instances someone die from getting hit on a scooter or at least getting severely hospitalized like I have like they go 20 miles normal imagine that thing's coming down a hill on the sidewalk and it just hits someone yeah that yeah like it, it's one of those ones where it's the they sh- I live in LA. There's a huge issue with bicycles on sidewalks that, like, this is yeah. even worse than because at least bicycles you have to, like, put effort into getting going. Like, it's illegal. And I get, like, the argument is, like, well, it's dangerous to be on a bike in the street. There's no bike lane. I get that. But, like, for human beings, your bike is more concerned to me than the fact that you might get clipped by a window. I'm sorry. The chances of you hitting me are way higher than a card hitting you, kind of guaranteed, kind of thing. And, but the birds but have no even rules. That, yeah, the, the, these scooters have yeah. no rules. Yeah, I mean, and that, and that, like, in, in, if a bicycle hits you, it's not going to hurt as much as these freaking things because they are less controllable. Like their ability to turn. Yeah. Like on a bicycle, you could swerve pretty good and miss somebody. Like, let's say you turned your head for a second, and then there's somebody. Oh crap! I didn't see them. There's pretty good chance you can probably swerve around them on a bicycle. That ain't happening on one of these scooters. Yeah, based on wheel size and braking capabilities alone, like, I, for those not clear what we're talking about, Google them, they're fascinating. Basically, you've strapped a motor to a fucking Razor scooter, and we all remember how fun those were to stop. Yeah. But yeah, they you strapped the motor to one of those, and it's obscenely strong and fast. And... And you can't end pretty much out of fucking control because you can't steer them worth a shit. And on top of that, like a lot of videos exist of them just failing. Like people will be driving and they'll hit a curb and you'll wipe out. And like remove the people doing dumb shit with them kind of category. The things say, hey, you should wear a helmet while you ride this. There's no way of guaranteeing that. It's like, oh, nanny state, blah, blah. But no, it's the fact that like I have seen pictures of people with like fucking baby Bjorns on on an e-scooter, where it's like, you understand you're going to kill your kid, right? Like, it's... You've presented an opportunity for people to be dumb in ways that... Again, I don't believe in people being stopped from doing dumb shit, because handle your shit, but, like, it's... The fact that there aren't lawsuits popping up about these things constantly, that's the issue, too. They're coming. I imagine that they're coming, because... Yeah, just like you said, the the hit-and-run stuff, where... A lot of people are just smacking into people and then just taking yeah. off. Yeah, because again, you can get away pretty fast. They're, they're they're zippy, like you can do it. Yeah, they're real fast. Yeah. I, I I've seen now too many videos, courtesy of the social media accounts, of like a person on an e scooter doing being on an e scooter someplace they probably shouldn't be. Like the funniest one I saw was someone was like turning around on e scooter and they got fucking t boned. By another asshole on an e-scooter, and the first one just got done hitting someone. And I'm like, oh, this is great. Oh, like, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> like, this is exactly the problem with this shit. And, like, yeah, the fucking teenagers going over and kicking them over because memes, they're assholes too. Yeah. But people aren't getting hurt in the same way that some of this e-scooter shit is. And again, like, it's the, you should be responsible e-scootist, I guess that's the right word for it. Yes. But also, like, people are scum. And if I can get away with it, not me personally, but, like, the idea of 
if you hit someone with the scooter, you can fucking hightail it out of there and be consequence free. Most people will do that. Yeah, I mean, they don't have like a a big license plate on them yeah. that you could maybe catch and then it was the asshole in the orange backpack. Yeah, it's like on an e-scooter it's like okay, that doesn't really help. Yeah, there's an, you, there's no I mean that's one thing they might have to consider is they might need to actually have like license plates and things like that. Better identification, but in any case, yeah. Yeah. So, yep, e-scooters are garbage. Yeah. Or at least what they've become and what they the way they exist right now. Yeah, then- I've ridden on one and I it was fun, but I was also like this is horribly horribly dangerous yeah I, i've been proximity to them a bunch lately like i and like this is where it gets weird because like the people fucking throwing them in the portland river they are also assholes but like yeah I, i'm not gonna lie like <laughs> if my dog got run over by an e-scooter i will put as many of them in my car as i can and throw them off a roof like that's i'm oh, gonna yeah. be honest about that one. Oh, oh yeah if something happened to like a, a puppy or a kitty and and I knew of it, I, uh, like to my puppy or yeah. kitty. I don't have one right now, but uh, but yeah, I would I would kind of lose it. I would be the one like gathering them and setting them on fire and throwing yeah, them and off. Yeah, I gotta stuff. give all these yeah. people the benefit of the doubt. Like the people that are really going ham on this whole like destroy these fucker things aren't the meme assholes. They are people that are like actively angry about them and. Not all anger is actively justifiable, but, like, it's such a small jump in some of these cases from, like, finding them annoying to having a, a real defendable problem with them that, like, yeah, like, don't fucking make bonfires of them, but also, like, I get it. Really do, yeah. possibly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like I said, if they, if they like, hurt, like, hurt somebody I knew... Yeah. Or or an or a pet that I know, I would kind of be on the yo. Let's set them all on fire and make a bonfire. Yeah, global I, things. I, one one of the accounts I follow posted something where someone like contacted them, being like, "You do get that by posting these things, like you're proliferating vandalism and shit." The response to it was good, like <laughs> like the, people being shitty meme people is getting us the, the desired result of these <laughs> fucking death traps off the street still. Yeah. Like, it's not the right thing, but... Mm, army of teenagers trying to get YouTube famous destroying e-scooters is... Yeah. Yep. Got two more emails. Hey, Wicked Awesome cast, I just finished a multi-day move across country post-college. Uh, sorry, oh. post-college move for my first real job, and Thought you all might enjoy that. There were three almost, you three almost caused me to crash a rental moving van twice because of various bits. Henry Ford is a (laughs) monster and must be stopped. And please leave the puns to Alex. It's incredibly weird when the, uh, when you other two um, pause for puns and the implied, you get it, you get it. Pause. (laughs) Since you lack Alex's natural childlike glee when it comes to bad jokes. Yep. My, yep. VIP writer right there. I, I don't know uh, if we can send him I, some sort of VIP no. thing, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my roommate, my, my roommate, and I have officially unpacked our new apartment. And when we, and we have realized that while we own tons of video games, we really don't have 
a lot of anything useful like cups, pans, or, or sorry, or pans <laughs> to cook in since this, uh, since both of us, this is both our first apartment, and we both lived in pre, uh, provided housing while in college. Since all of you have uprooted your lives a few times for big moves, I was wondering if you had any recommendations for kitchen equipment to buy you wish you'd known about. Yo. I just love this email. <laughs> Yo, and I absolutely do. Um, I'll say that. All right, so one thing is like the best, if you want cheap, good stuff for your kitchen that's actually going to last, go to some of the various discount places like Ross or uh, uh, you know, TJ Maxx or uh, Marshalls. Those, they, uh, I, I, those are kind of all across the country, so you're likely to find one or the other of those. But yeah, you go into those, and their kitchen stuff is high quality, and it's super cheap. So if you want high-quality stuff, I'd say go there. Is it, it also won't force you into buying a big package of things you probably don't need. That if you buy a big, like at a big box store, where you get like a hundred pans that you'll never use. Yeah, you just go piece. I'd say go piecemeal. Go to them. I mean, also if you want even cheaper and to get you know uh, maybe inconsistent, go to a Goodwill. Totally go to a Goodwill. I buy stuff at Goodwill and Salvation Armies all the time. I have a really good Goodwill just down the street. I have a lot of clothing and a certain amount of just appliances. Yeah. Kind of little appliances and stuff. So yeah. Also, you can find stuff there. And you'd be like, oh wow, this is like professional level quality pan for like three bucks. Sure, I'll buy this. So yeah, that's 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 my recommendations for buying stuff. I mean, as far as, I mean, I guess you probably know what you need and what yeah. you'd like to cook with, but as far as where to buy it, that's my, that's my advice i suspect uh, uh I, 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 I suspect you'll back me up on this one um if you're looking for a really good kitchen gadget especially if you're not good at cooking stuff yet or anything like that uh get a fucking instant pot i yeah, was about to I, say that instant pot is the way to fucking I, go it doesn't cook meat the best but like the the amount of stuff you can cook without ever turning on a stove or ever kind of using extra pans or minimal pans is real goddamn high like it's mm. make sure you get a big one because the small ones like it is one of the few times i would recommend like going like big and fancy because a lot of those things do it like i fuck i have two of them now one of them i use for small stuff like one of them like those not sure an instant pot is it's technically a pressure cooker but it's not like it's got this is a device that can cook fish meat boil like potatoes to done in about five minutes can make yogurt technically i've used to make yogurt and does it really fucking well rice mm -hmm. overnight oatmeal like it's the thing is variable as fuck like, yeah. and you can make meals literally by like putting your meat at the bottom on some tinfoil and just stacking other shit on top of it with layers of tinfoil or like they make like separation grates and shit i just bought some of that shit because Tinfoil is getting used a lot. Like, it is possible to cook, like, an actually healthy, good-looking meal in a half hour that's got, like, well-rounded bullshit to it in just this thing. And, it like, it's fucking witchcraft, but it works. There's a bit of an obnoxious learning curve to it, and it seems... It's a little counterintuitive, but also, like, fuck, it works. Um, I would also kind of say, like, if you want just something kind of 
really all-purpose chopper sort of all right get get one of those magic bullet i mean i have an off-brand version of the magic bullet the little bitty blenders that are sort of like just a cup yeah. and sealed and those are those are really great i use mine all the time because for a full-size blender or like a giant you know these are really small and they're really easy to clean they have few parts so it's just like it's, it's really easy to wash whereas like a full-size blender or even more as a food processor those things are a freaking pain and so for any blending or mixing or chopping or anything like that those things are are great like like i said i don't even have a i don't have the magic bullet actually or whatever i i have an off-brand version that i bought at big lots big lots another good place to buy yeah. actually lots of stuff for really cheap if there's one around you but yeah i'd say buy one of those you know buy maybe an off-brand nutribullet because you're probably rarely going to find a use for an actual full-size blender or a food processor but getting something that does the job of all of those things that's pretty cool i make marinades with mine i make soups i just chop vegetables with it because i'm too lazy i mean so yeah that's another thing i say might be useful uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this one up here with this one and say, get a George Foreman grill. Mm. Uh, George Foreman grill. They're, they're a pain to clean, though. I'll them. say that. They're, yeah, they're a pain to clean. But like, if you're looking for just like the trifecta, the the magic bullet you mentioned. Yeah. The Instapot will cover a huge majority of all that yeah. stuff. But if you absolutely need to have some sort of like griller. You can get like a George Foreman, and they're but to they're be honest cheap. With you, they're cheap. Yeah, they're easy and cheap. Yeah. and you know what? I've had great success with using yeah. them in the past too. So Just yeah, use a stove at yeah. that. Point. I I, yeah, I get it. I mean. I mean, I have an electric stove here, so for me, it's just they, I don't exactly have. No, fair. I live in cooks, California. We have gas. They, they cook a little yeah. because it's on two sides. Because it cooks on two sides at the same time, it'll make food a little bit faster. Faster is a is a, often a thing that's. Well, the thing is, like, the number one rule to cooking that I've learned is patience. Don't try to rush mm-hmm. any recipe. But if something naturally makes it faster, such as the hot pot or the or the George Foreman grill, that just, it it won't ruin it. The fact that it's faster doesn't ruin the thing. It's just, it's because of the nature of the actual tool itself. Yeah, it's kind of nice to have stuff that actually maybe can cut a little bit of time out of food prep. Especially if you're only doing it for yourself. So one of the things Mandy does here is we'll make a bunch of like chicken breasts inside the Instapot and just throw a bunch of seasoning and all that stuff in there. Let that cook through. And once those are, because they get done really well, like the chicken is really tender when you do it in Instapot. Yeah. Once that's done, keep that liquid in there, throw some fucking rice in there and let it cook in that, in that liquid. Mm Mm-hmm. Oof. Easy fucking dinner yeah, for yeah. a few You days. also have the problem, you, have, you said you have an electric stove. That's a whole other kind of nightmare. If you have a gas stove, they make these like $10 things you put on top of the burner that turns it into a grill. But yeah, mm. that doesn't work. Yeah, we don't. We yeah, have electric, so. Yeah. See, I, I have I have gas, and yeah. I love my gas. You live gas, in California. Gas Everyone grill. has gas in California because gas is yeah. cheaper. Power yep. is not because AC. Yep. Mm-hmm. Last email? Sure. Dear Rick and Austin sure. cast, while listening to Charlie try to fight his cynical nature and Alex calling him out for it last week were funny as hell. The stance that the stance taken that you might essentially straight up lie to an influencer, or as it was phrased last week, manufacture a superfan moment, uh, struck mm. me as odd. 
Like Alex, I begrudgingly have learned that if it comes to cynical dark, Charlie may actually know what he's talking about. No matter how much you want to, don't want to believe his brand of poison to seep into something, to, to, <laughs> to, your, to seep into your view on something. I know the gaming industry has a weird history with events, and found myself wondering if any of you have ever actually been been the target of this type of influence. Probably mostly likely to be you if you were involved in any of that stuff, Henry. The rest of us have been peripheral. Um, involved in a well, like I, artificially created moment. I think what he's talking made, about, or... like, and it's I'm not sure necessarily any of us would have gotten to experience it. Like, I want to say that the the '90s and early 2000s were fucking lousy with weird like retreats to show off video games to reviewers and shit like that. Oh, like, okay. I've heard so many stories of like Call of Duty, like taking people out to like paintball ranges and shit, and then never actually playing the game and just being like, "Yo, we made a video game," and that being an event, I guess, or something. Like, I, I know what he's talking about. Like, these are these stories are out there. Like, fuck, I think we talked about it in the thing he's referencing. Like, they flew a bunch of people out to play Battlefield Two or not Battlefront Two, and then surprise, they had nice things to say about Battlefront Two. Yeah, I mean the, I mean it's it's, it's a. I guess the thing is, as long as it's transparent, I don't care. I mean, there's there's been a lot of reviewers out there that have been totally transparent of when they've been gifted a game. They're like, I got this game for free, and so let you know, be aware of that when I'm talking about it. You know, I may it may well be you know perfectly genuine, like genuine actual review, but it's like. There are ones that aren't upfront about this stuff, that don't talk about how much yeah. serious money they've gotten behind the scenes for this stuff. I mean, and I and I, you know, I'd like to pull out the scummy thing that we pointed out some some several months ago now, um, which was for the sort of real life loot boxes that two that two prominent YouTube streamers were pushing on their channel. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, what was you know what they didn't happen to mention in their streams, but what was found out is. Yeah, they've been given thousands upon thousands of dollars to make these promotions, and that's what makes it extra scummy. I mean, though, in that case, the system itself, the what they were promoting was scummy. But in some cases, yeah, I mean, I think it's just, I, I think it's really scummy to to pretend as if, or at least as if it's a purely organic and genuine review you're doing when you're actually doing it for lots of money. And yeah, that's you know just the artificially generated you know you know you know happiness or surprise is is it's just it's just really cynical and I've 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 seen that I, I've seen it happen I'm I'm unhappy with it when I actually find out what's going on behind the scenes but yeah it's it's super scummy and I think as long as they're like there again like I said if they're upfront about like yo. They just gave me a bunch of money to talk about this game, to review, you know, to give a review on this game, and I'm going to tell you straight up, yeah, they gave me money to do this, I'm being sponsored by them, but I'm going to try to give you yeah. an honest review anyways. Mm-hmm. And I can respect that, but that's, that's, for the influencers, I'm going to say that's not super common. Well, like, take it wide for a sec, like, the fucking mm. Firefest was the, like, like yeah. it failed, but like that was what we were talking about right now. It was a mm. thing that you paid and kind of made influencer buzz around, designed mm-hmm. to let you live like an influencer, which is a whole other fucking bullshit. And I'm not saying like 
fucking Max was out there pushing Firefest, the thing you should go to. But I, I so, so I, I work in the theme park industry. Like it's a lot of people have very nice memories of times at theme parks or things at theme parks. I'm not trying to take that away from you, but like some of the more iconic parts that like people take photos in front of or whatever conversations are had around like, Hey, we have to give people a chance to like make memories at this thing. And I'm not saying your memories aren't real and like, they're not precious or whatever. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not not an asshole again on this topic. Like they're manufactured because you want them. Like you, you want to be happy. And like part of my industry is letting that happen. But also as a result of that, like I've been in too many meetings in my life where we've sat down with like marketing and had conversations about like, okay, cool. What are our kind of, uh, what are our Instagram spots for this thing? Like what yeah. the finish for this area has to be higher because every fucker that ever goes to this thing is going to take a photo in front of it. And like, it's, it's what they're going to do. It's the world we live in now. Like it's the, this is the spot. Everyone who comes here wants to take a photo at, and that's normal. It's fine. But then we spend some time making sure it's special and different and the light lines up with it correctly. And, oh, did you know there's a spotlight there to make sure you were better lit? Like, oh, it's it's so nice they did this. Oh, it's amazing. I got perfect whatever. No, no, we, we, we did that. That's a, that's a thing. I spent a week going over fucking bullshit with someone to make happen. And we're happy it worked. We're happy you are happy. That was the goal. But it's not spontaneous. Like, yeah, EA paid Ninja a million bucks to play Apex Legends on day one. Yeah, might Ninja have played Apex Legends? Who the fuck knows? Did that million probably. dollars? He likes those kind of games, but yeah, like, yeah. did that million but... bucks definitely probably have something to do with why he wasn't playing? Why he was playing a new game on launch day? Absolutely, like that one's oh yeah more transparent. And again, like take it back to what you're referencing in this email. I'm not saying Square made up a moment for Max, but also if I'm Square, you, you drop that trailer, I am trolling YouTube looking for like the ten biggest reactions that seem genuine to that trailer and being like. They got to be at E3? Yeah, bring them in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a weird place. I mean, talking, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, games are made in a similar way in that they are supposed to very much provoke certain reactions. That's no accident. It's totally planned. I mean, that doesn't necessarily, you know, planning a moment that could be shared as happy or interest or fun or whatever, that in itself is not the nefarious part. It's... Yeah, uh, it's it's more com a little more complex yeah. than that. Yeah, like it. Yeah, put it in the gaming kind of perspective. Like it's the, with some very specific exceptions, like people are making games to be enjoyed. Like, uh, fuck, yes. the, the game I talked about on the top of the podcast, the um, what was it? Ian's Lost Memories or whatever it was called. I don't get the name right. Yeah, Adam's Lost mm. Memories. Like that. Yeah, that game is not a happy fun in a traditional sense game but like it's it's designed so that you can experience something with other people I, if you're fans of the youtube channel like apartment the, the depression game i make fun of every once in a while 
was this game designed to invoke feelings of loneliness and everyone that played the demos for it kind of had the same reaction of like fuck i want to go drink after i play like yeah that the developers like that's what we wanted you to feel from this game like it was very yeah. intentional like that, that that's what we were going for and yeah that's what i felt yeah. like with, with this war of mine as well that i mentioned you know just a few weeks back same same thing it's like it's an experience made to be experienced, not necessarily joyful, but I mean, that was the point. It was created to make a specific experience. Yeah, and I, I only bring this kind of little tangent up in this case to kind of like, I am super happy for Final Fantasy VII people they are getting this remake. Like, it looks mm-hmm. cool. Like, fuck, I, I wish Jeff was still on the podcast because he cares a lot about that game more than any of the rest of us do. Like, we range from jaded to who the hell cares about that Um, specific game yeah well about the re-release i mean as we know i've mentioned multiple times now that i straight up own the game i can literally look to my left here at my computer and there it is there is the actual original playstation version of final fantasy 7 i just own it it's just mine yeah and and so again i'm not saying like max is not being genuine but like Mm. it's one of those ones where it's the and I come off an asshole whenever I say this type of stuff. Like, it's not me trying to ruin people's parades. Like, as much fun as I have kicking some of the stuff Alex talks about, I, I like conversations. And, like, people genuinely seem excited for that. I think all the YouTube React yeah. videos are as real as YouTube React can be. Mm. But, like, if any of us wandered in, like, had equally kind of popular React videos, I don't know what the treatment would have been in like that case. I, 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 there's no way of knowing, and I'm not saying like manufactured experiences are bad. That's video games at that point. Like we're supposed to experience similar shit. Like Destiny makes you feel cool. Uh, Amnesia makes you scared. Uh, talking about Sonic should depress you and make you feel uncomfortable. Like that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the point of these franchises. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It is. It yeah. It is. It's in the details. Yeah. And especially with, like, E3 getting weirder and weirder and the kind of, like, the like open combat's the wrong word, but, like, <laughs> it's been a, like, the last year since E3's been a fucking weird year for journalism and influencers and how that kind of all plays together yeah. in video games. Like, fuck, we had IGN have that guy that ripped off a bunch of YouTubers, uh, that ripped off um, Shotgun Gaming's videos for Dead Cell Review. Like, that's Mm-hmm. That's fucked up in itself. You've had the Apex Legends stuff I mentioned where it's like, would this game be popular if Ninja hadn't streamed it? Who knows? But Yep. Yeah. Like hell, even like the Doctor Disrespect stuff is weird because if any of us broke that law, we wouldn't be oh, on yeah. this podcast right now, probably. We'd have shut the fuck yeah. up about it and not been all flipping on Twitter being like, this law's gonna like I'm untouchable, bitches! Yep. Yep, that's yeah. a big confirm right there. I'd have caught it at our legal team. I'd be like, you need to shut the fuck up and leave California. But you raised some compelling points. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I Like you said, don't let my brand of cynicism fuck with you or something like that. Like, be, be happy for shit. Like, that wasn't what I was trying to get at. It's, it, it's more a knee-jerk reaction I have to any time I hear about this stuff. Like, it's... Like here's another example, like the the whole like I mean, we were talking about it in that episode, I think too, like the whole uh, cyberpunk 
your breathtaking thing. Like that thing has become it should have been a fun moment, but the fact that someone's out there being like, you know, I was the breathtaking guy, that's shitty at that point. Yeah. But also, there like, again, well, it's it's not do... it's not the idea itself. It's kind of what's done around it and the details around it that can make it yeah. more or less cynical. Yeah, yeah and like it, it's one of those things where like, they take it one step back. The fact that like CD Projekt Red was like, "Hey, we'll give you this free game." It's a nice thing. They super didn't need mm-hmm. to do that. Yep, it's cool if the guy spun it back. It's like, "Hey, donate to this charity," but also it's kind of like from the opposite. It's like, okay, so someone offered you something for free, and you were like, "That's cool. I want this instead." Like that's yeah. There was a way of looking at that ge- that, that genuine nice interaction and going like, "Okay, dude, this is like two hundred bucks. That is like ten thousand bucks. How about we buy you a month's worth of Wendy's instead and split the difference? Like you can give it to whoever the fuck you yeah. want." Yeah, it's it's a bit weird, and yeah, it's but yeah, it's I think yeah, it just depends on what you you know what's done with these moments, and yeah. you know. It 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 comes down to yeah it, it, to the people and the details of it, but yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that does it for emails this week. Sorry they were a week late. I'm not saying I'm I'm glad I was here for a couple of them, but because they were fun emails this yeah. week. But wish I'd gotten to them last week because I've had some fun with them. Um, but yeah, that does it for this week. Uh. Email us at wicked awesome, wicked awesome cast at gmail.com. Spells it sounds down the show notes, etc. etc. I apologize for those that sent in more sent emails that referred to previous podcasts. Uh, my bad. I was having a problem breathing. Not problem, problem, but God, <laughs> did it hurt. Um, but yeah. Anything you want to talk about before we get the hell out of here? Um,. Uh, yeah, I'll just mention that you can catch me as uh, Kraken Zero on social media. That's uh, Z E R Zero, and you can also catch me as on Nomad Har, Nomad H A R on my channel on Twitch mm. on the very occasion occasion that I actually stream. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's my information. That's true. Um, and I am Mave Online on all my social medias. That's Twitch. Uh, Mixer, YouTube Gaming, uh, Instagram, Twitter. I post things occasionally. Facebook Gaming, Facebook, uh, Mave Online. I have the public page for that stuff there. And uh, with the release of the new raid, not this week coming up, but the following week, expect uh, at least three streams a week mm. on uh, just raiding content. So, yeah, because yeah, we'll be pushing progression as much as we can. So, indeed. Yep, and I won't be a rogue this time. I'll be an elemental shaman for this. I keep year. with the kind of theme this week. Anyone doing any charity work they want to talk about lately? Like, you do an extra life this year, Alex? Uh, I am. We're actually working on getting the extra life Portland release meeting sometime cool. in the near future. I don't have any specific date stuff yet because we're still kind of working on the details. But yes, uh, we do. I am. I do have extra. I do have an extra life page set up for this year. You can actually find it at extralife.maveonline.com. Yeah, I just made a shortcut URL that'll take yeah, you Yeah, get that to, to me. I'll put it in the show notes for the time being. Especially this week. Okay. Yep. So, other than that, that's it. <laughs> for me, anyway. Mm. Charlie, do you have nah, anything you want to nothing, I don't think. Uh, getting married is complicated and hard. Uh, <laughs> cake tastings are fun. Yeah. Don't have an allergy yeah. attack and a flu at the same time. Your throat will catch on fire. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. Am I forgetting something? I I honestly don't know. 
Nope. Uh, other than, do we have a studio? Uh, yes, I'm actually, after this podcast ends, going to go outside into the studio and work on it more. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. I think that's it. Well, Charlie, since you're back, you sure. want to take us out? Sure. Cue the metal. Yeah.